Hello, and welcome to episode 215 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the entity, Alessandro Vialsi. Say hello, Al. Buona notte. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I would expect nothing less after that hiatus. On this week's episode, we've got life stuff, the Dune delay, and a few trailers to go over, all before diving into our flick of the week, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking uh, what may or may not be the freshest of the beers that we have <laughs> for debate and also still six months old. Six months old as of the buying. I don't know how old it was when I bought it. Uh, That's fair. Mercifully, it doesn't have a date to betray me on here. No, it didn't. Um, <gasps> yeah, mine was a little juicy as well. Um, it's Adirondack Brewery's Bare Naked Ale, <clears throat> as opposed to the Bare Naked, well, Bare Chest Naked Ale um, that we have. Um, you know what's funny about that? Um, <laughs> blurry bear when, when people hear this it will have been one week since the previous episode it's been uh, <laughs> it, so it's an amber ale <laughs> it's a pint which is fantastic it's about it's a, damn time I feel like we've been pint, pintless for a bit um, I don't right. know it's been months since our last recording so <laughs> not that anyone will know if they've heard once they've heard this because hopefully they'll be hearing it a week after the Ooh, last episode <laughs> that's true. timeline got fucked up <clears throat> um, there was a blip a, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it's a medium medium bodied amber ale. It's five point two percent alcohol by volume. Uh, medium bodied is never how I've been described. <laughs> Same. Um, well, actually, not never. There was a there was a brief moment or so, but <laughs> there was a spell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. We have a, a lovely picture of what would I assume be the Adirondack Mountains um, and some of the woods therein. And um, it'd be really. <laughs> Oh wait! Really, I found, really funny I found if it the, was very intentionally not the Adirondacks. <laughs> uh, I found the date. Definitely don't look for it. Um, oh no! It's brewed and packaged by Adirondack Pub and Brewery, Lake George. Oh no! <laughs> found it totally by accident. Twenty-two? No, it's a twenty-three. It's April. It's April twenty-three. Oh, okay. Mine was smudged so badly. I thought it said April of nineteen. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. What a rollercoaster that was. Anthony, I regret to inform you. The date of this cannot be April of 23, because I bought this in February of 23. Right. I bought oh. it in the future. Well, no, what if it's uh, Best Buy? Oh, Best Buy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, you, no, that's what it says. You're right. Um, okay. It just uh, says I was, buy. I was thinking, no, yeah, <laughs> no. My, so mine, the year is, is smudged off, but, but the Best Buy is very clear. It's, I could I could only see the bot like I don't see best anywhere, but I could only see by if I rotate it just right. I feel like Nicolas Cage is trying to steal the decoration of reading this. <laughs> well, okay, so this isn't actually so bad by our standards. I was really worried for a moment. I was like, oh boy, this is four years old. <laughs> if you bend the can a certain way, it actually looks like it says twenty eight, and then then it's hella fresh. Well, it says it says four. And then I actually thought it was 20-something, and then I thought it said 19, but it's it's so smudged on the year that I can't tell. Yeah, it's rough. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> uh, do I have to get naked to drink this? Um, clothing optional, I assume. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very nice color. It is. I, I got a fancy glass so I could get a nice look at it. Oh, you got a fancy glass, too. Perfect. Yeah, I've got an oil drum. <laughs> what are you working with? <laughs> uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know what you call this type of glass. It's kind of a flute, not fluted. It's uh, it's one of those beer glasses that looks like a wine glass, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I um, all of my 
glasses. I've got like three glasses that aren't packed. Yeah, this I, is one of them. We'll talk about it more later, but I thought you were fully in the new house by now. <laughs> oh, sweet summer child. Well, been, <laughs> I, it's funny. I was talking about this with my mom yesterday because she asked how everything was going. And I said, just like when Anthony and Kim had Elio. And, and now I said, I am here for emotional support. My yep. job is not to ask questions that are only, <laughs> I, they're only going to exacerbate the stress. They're not going to alleviate them. Anthony knows that I care. I show that I care by sending him something funny or whatever. We chat via two to 10 texts on a given day. That's yeah. it. If he has something he needs to get off his chest, he'll tell me and I'll be there for him. <laughs> and he knows that, but it's, I'm not helping by asking questions. It's just going to make things worse. I appreciate you dearly. <laughs> <laughs> I know my role. I know how to play yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane. No, <laughs> no, I, no it's I, great. I do. It's great. I don't need to be told. I do. So no, anyway. we'll, uh, we'll definitely get into some of that here. Cause it's, it's been a journey. Um, but I think we should. I think we should give the sucker a taste. I would love to uh, before it gets any older. Oh wow! But uh, cheers. Hang <laughs> uh, on, bud. What about this? <laughs> I flicked it. I didn't no, have a glass bottle also, to clink against it. I got nothing. I got uh, mine's just a thud. Cheers. It is exactly as advertised. It is a medium body amber ale. Yeah, that's uh, it's like. I don't, I don't know how to, how to describe it. I want to say this, but I don't want it to come off poorly. It, it, I've got nothing to say about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it is. Well, that's why I said it's exactly as advertised. It yeah. is very solid. It is not going to wow you. It is also not going to disappoint you. Mm-mm. It is exactly what it says it is. And it's exactly what I want it to be based on the words it said it was going to be. Yeah. Like this is like, it's a, it's very unobtrusive. It's like, I feel like if you if there was a if you had a local pub that you went to a few times a week and this was one of the like, tavern <laughs> at the Eighth Street Tavern, I feel like this is something that you can get repeatedly because it would be like a consistent, clean, easy drinking, nothing to wow or like it's it's very unoffensive. <laughs> in, in my opinion, that is what an amber ale should be. Mm. Um, I don't think. I don't want to say it's not possible. I think it's really difficult to make an amber ale that is just going to knock your socks off. But if you do it right, you're just never going to be disappointed. You, mm-hmm. It's you, you, it's it's easy drinking, but it has enough flavor that it's not just a generic like Pilsner or whatever. Where it's like there is something there flavor wise that you will actually enjoy drinking the beer, not just like not be offended by drinking. Yeah, I honestly think it might it might very well be just like the presence of body that has it stand apart from something like a basic pilsner. I don't know. It, it's yeah. got it, it is it is very simple, and I really, actually really like it. It's got enough caramel that flavor that you know it's there, but mm-hmm. not enough so that it feels like it can get. Sometimes it can almost feel overwhelming after a while, where like you wouldn't want more than one of them. But I feel like you could knock down a few of these, yeah, and not get that weird. Like aftertaste that kind of just like builds on you after a certain mm-hmm. time, and I, I love caramel malt, but it's it can be anything could be too much, and I think this is balanced enough that it's it never will be. And I do think that that's something like I'm not I'm not usually a big fan of amber ales. Like there's something there's nothing that I've really ever found special about them, but I have found um, I can be turned off by them if they're if they are too malt forward. Yeah, and and because you know how already how, I mean we've talked about it at length on this show. I don't. That's not a flavor profile that I care yeah. for. Uh, and, the one I made, I, I really liked. Yeah, um, yours was really good. Um, and this is very good too. This is this is like, I would yeah, I would get this again. This feels like something that I would get at um, 
Heartland Brewery. Have you ever been there? I've never been there. I, I don't. Know okay. It, it just it feels like something that it would be it would be good to order with food. Yeah. No. This and yeah. it's very this complimentary. Pretty, pretty versatile. Like you could have yeah. it with a burger. You could have it with wings. You could have it with <laughs> you, I mean, anything really. You can have it in a box. You can have it wearing socks. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it here or there. You can have it anywhere. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two thuckles up. Two is the correct answer. Two thuckles up. Yeah, that's the correct um, opinion. I feel like if you were an amber and you were, you, I feel like you, you can't be go, you can't be going four thuckles anywhere because you're you're not supposed to be trying that hard. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that it, it's really feasible to make a four thuckle. I think it would be hard to, but attainable to make a three thuckle. I think. Like you can make a bad amber, but even like one that's not super good, it, it's still not going to be less than a zero. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Good choice, Al. Nice, uh, nice welcoming way back. Thanks. I um, I got this one when I randomly took a walk in a, a in a tiny nowhere town in upstate New York near Ithaca <laughs> when I was waiting <laughs> for dinner to be served. <laughs> when nice. I was uh, visiting Vicky and her parents at their bed and breakfast. <laughs> that's awesome. I just walked into a gas station and I was like, what's a beer I've never had before? I said, oh, okay. I I have heard of Adirondack Brewery. Don't know anything about it. There's two beers here. Let me grab both of them. And I will have those. <laughs> so I grabbed two four packs. So we'll, have, we'll have another one somewhere. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, maybe next week because I'm I'm enjoying this one a lot. And the other one is uh, is a New England style, isn't it? Uh, it's definitely an IPA. I don't remember what's, what style. Uh, so um, I'd be down to I, try that while it's I relatively do try- fresh. I do well. That's true, but I do try to rotate the brewery so we don't. That's like, true. Should we just hold on to it for another year and a half and do it with the second part of this movie? Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> kind of perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, let's get into some news and nuggets because we have. A, I'm sure we have a lot to catch up on. Yes. Um, Considering wanna... the, the two of us have not like actually spoken since the last recording, probably. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't think. Yeah, we haven't been on the phone even. At all, maybe, maybe for one brief moment. Um, uh, no, no, actually, no. At one text. Point we it was were, all text. At one point, we were supposed to, and you never called me. So. <laughs> that sounds like me. It's okay. That sounds like me. I'm it wasn't, sorry. It wasn't a pressing need. All right. Good. <laughs> well, speaking of life stuff, you just went on a wonderful journey. I did. I spent two weeks in Italy. So here's life changing. Here's how it happened. So me and Anthony recorded a couple of episodes in a row. And then Anthony was doing house stuff, which we'll get to later. And I was like, okay. And then we were off for a couple of weeks. I was like, well, I'm going to be in Italy as well. So we'll just continue this hiatus <laughs> for yeah. several more weeks. Um, but yeah, I spent two weeks in Italy. Uh, me and the family went. It was uh, meant to be a, a pilgrimage because uh, we've, none of us have ever been. And obviously that's where um, the, the majority of my ancestry is from. And um yeah, we flew to Venice. Uh, we spent a couple days there, and then did you? Drove. Well, let's let's, ha- let's hang out in in each spot for a little bit longer. Oh, okay. I was gonna give like the. Like, I'll for, I'm gonna. The- I'm easily gonna forget okay, place to fine. place. So, okay. uh, so Venice, you're in Q and A style. You Tell flew into Venice. Yeah. Well, I didn't yeah. realize there was a um, a major airport there. So yes, there is, but I didn't know this until like we were getting up to those last days, and we were like. Plan- we actually were booking some of the things we were doing like a few days before we left. Um, like we had all of the places we were staying booked, 
at a couple of like excursion tour things, but we did like a bunch of them in the last like few days before we left. Okay. Um, and so I didn't know that Venice was an island mm-hmm. or actually a couple of islands. Um, many, many islands. If you want to get specific. <laughs> well, uh, the main yeah, hub no, you, of Venice yeah. is like four islands or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I didn't know that. I just assumed it was on the coast and like, it was just that the like, tributaries gotcha. of a river led to the bay or the ocean or the sea, whatever. I didn't realize that it was actually four little islands that are like five miles from, or not probably not even five miles. It's, I don't know. It's a couple miles, whatever um, from the main body of Italy. So yeah, right. the main body of Italy in, in the, the region of Venezia is, there's a couple of little towns and cities right along there. There's a, a major airport there. And oh, cool. There's actually like a whole huge dock where there's like multiple different like water taxis and water bus yeah. services. That is like the way you would take a taxi out of the airport to go somewhere, but mm-hmm. you take it to the main old Venice, you know, the city of right. Venice. And it, it's like a 20 minute boat ride or something. Like you that. flew direct from somewhere up we by flew, you. We flew direct from Newark to Venice, Newark to Venice. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, so we uh, so we flew out on Monday night at like seven or eight p.m. I forget, and we arrived in Venice Tuesday morning. Time traveled um, at like whatever it was eight in the morning. <laughs> there, so I slept probably forty five minutes on the plane. Mm. Um, so I had a full day. You know, I took off work Monday. Yep, slept in, had a good night's sleep. Woke up at like eight thirty. Went and got a haircut, um, you know, breakfast, did my, finished up my packing. Yeah. Had a few hours to spare, played some video games. I was all, I'm set nice. ready to go. That's nice. That's a nice casual day. Yeah. Like just, pre-trip day. I like yeah, that. Relaxation, you know, to get on the plane. I usually tend to sleep through takeoff. Okay. Because I just, I get bored. And also like, the, as they spin up the engines, mm-hmm. like you kind of get that, like, like, calming effect like that white noise effect and also like you get those good vibrations (laughs) come on on. Uh, (laughs) um i also my my travel anxiety manifests i missed you (laughs) (laughs) um my uh my travel anxiety manifests itself in i have to recheck that i packed everything 37 times Mm -hmm. been there and then when i get to the airport or whatever, I am fine, but the heart racing more or less through until I get through security. Yep. And then it's I'm, like, okay, I'm with you. I can't relax until wrong. I've gotten. Yeah. Yep. It's like, nothing can go wrong now. We're through mm-hmm. security. That's where the gate is. We're fine. But still like, you just get that anticipation of just, we're going to get on oh, the yeah. plane, whatever. Like not stressing it. Just like, like now it's real. Like the trip is real now. Yep. And then, so as soon as I like vacation begins now, like let's, as soon as I sit could, like, in the seat of the plane, it's yeah. like okay, I've come way down, crashed yeah. from like, the, uh, the 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 that cert- that baseline anxiety or whatever. So mm-hmm. I I slept for basically all of takeoff and everything like that, like the the spinning up waiting. We actually were waiting on the the tarmac for like fifteen or twenty minutes, like after they got the engines running before we actually went. So I slept through all of that, all of the takeoff, whatever. Woke up like we've gone full ascent and everything. So yeah, we land in t- on Tuesday morning. We take the water shuttle, which brings us into the main heart of the Grand Canal to the, the stop that we're supposed to get off at. It's like a, we have to wait for the person who like is like the manager for the, the it was like an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I guess there's a company that 
rent out like 50 places in Venice. And the woman who worked there was like, showed us the place, whatever, get all our bags in, settle down for two seconds and then figured out, okay, so we have this tour that's at like 2 PM or whatever. So we have to figure out now how to use the water bus. Sure. Along, you know, the grand canal. And so we do that, get to Piazza San Marco, walk around, have some lunch, got to figure out where the, to meet this tour guide. We're going to go take a boat trip to the islands of Murano and Burano. Oh, we see favorite. some glass blowing. We're going to go do a little shopping. Have I shown you stuff. my Murano glass? I don't know. I don't remember. We have a, we bought one of those very nice, like wine decanter sets. Oh, okay. My, my mom and beautiful. dad bought some sort of vase type thing. Cool. Nice. So, you know, and then we, we come back. The woman who was leading our tour. Um, no, by the way, so at this point, you know, I slept 45 minutes in like <laughs> a 30-hour span or something like that. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, and Toronto also looks like a dream. So it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so I for sure slept through 80% of what she was saying while we were taking the boat trips to Toronto and Burano. Yeah. Um, you know, just sitting straight up and down, like mm-hmm. sleeping, snoring. Uh, me and Dominic were like trading shifts, snoring through her. <laughs> through her Rude. Yeah. No, I, actually, I did feel a little bit bad about it. Uh, but on the way back, she had bought a couple of bottles of uh, Prosecco because I didn't know until then that that's where all the Prosecco in the world is made is in mm. uh, Venezia. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah, we drank some Prosecco. It was really good. She revealed to us the dirty little secret that it's basically impossible to get good Prosecco in the u.s because they just drink it all there uh because <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, it was all really good i had probably four or five different types of prosecco while i was there and it was all really good um we come back she takes us to you know we were part of a larger group there's probably 20 people in the group or whatever but she took the five or six of us to um this restaurant that like her friend runs that's like this little hole in the wall that like only people who live in that neighborhood go Mm-hmm. to eat and it, and it looked like it It did not look like a tourist restaurant sure. food, was, food was phenomenal um i had some sort of like scallops and other seafood like kind of a fra diablo with like nice. like fresh gnocchi yeah keep um, talking yeah um, <laughs> dude, by the, I, if you if you want i will send you any and all food pictures because i took a oh, lot yeah. of them because uh, because vicky requested them because she took all the pictures and her and her dad, who's been a chef for like 30 years or whatever. Um, the two of them were trying to figure out what everything was. Amazing. Yeah. So um, Dominic got like the sepia nero. Um, oh, yeah. My dad got some sort of, I think it was like parpadel with um, some sort of anchovy like sauce. Hmm. Um, and um, the ladies were not as enthused by the meal, unfortunately. But also, I think they were also feeling the effects of the exhaustion that we were all feeling. Slept hard that night. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> get back. It's like 10 o'clock. I slept straight through to like 8 a.m. Like just like I yeah. think I, I might have woke up at like five because I just had to piss like insanely and then went back to sleep <laughs> immediately for like another three hours full like stop. And I'm like, OK, we're here. I'm on Italy time now. Right. Good to go. Yeah. Slept it that, off. that was the best thing you could have done was stay up. That's I learned that lesson when we went to Hawaii. It was like mm-hmm. I was cranky i was miserable i didn't like i like i stayed through to sleep whatever but i was like could not even like properly power through i i figured i found it within myself to i know you're tired just it's good yeah, just keep it's going one day. just keep going yeah 
and then it'll be worth totally it. good, you know, for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, the the next day, <laughs> we were we had tours booked for um, the uh, Palazzo Ducal. More on that later in the movie, uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> Um, what's it called? The uh, the um, I think I see Al. <laughs> <laughs> the the cathedral next door to it, which the name of that cathedral I forget now. Um, and we so we go- I, honestly, I've been I've been there twice now, and um, I've I'm at the point of like you've seen one cathedral, you've seen them all. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we saw a few different ones over the course of the trip, and I mean, yes, there is a lot of like recurring themes to all mm-hmm. of that, but it's still pretty fascinating to see them. I think I was able to appreciate the nuance and differences the first time. Yeah. But then the second time that I went, I was seeing some repeat places just because we were on another tour. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I I get it. And we would break away and do like more local things, which yeah. is nice. So the problem is that the women in, in my life are not very um, punctual. And mm. so, you know, you have to dress the uh, the theme mm-hmm. of the trip was to cover one's sinful knees because uh, you're not allowed to show your shoulders or your knees or your midriff, and mm-hmm. uh, so the men had to wear pants. In addition, even though it's 85 degrees and incredibly humid and stagnant in Venice mm-hmm. at the time, uh, so I was wearing it's like, like walking in a sweaty butt. That's yes, not yeah. <laughs> so I was wearing a nice pair of chinos, and I was like, okay, I have boat shoes. I'll wear those because wearing my sneakers with them would be kind of weird. Uh, and we were too late to make the water bus. So we now have to swim sprint <laughs> across the city of Venice, which yep. if you've ever worn boat shoes, don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Sprinting in them. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was, there was definitely some blood on the, the right foot and ankle. Yikes. Um, fair amount of it, but it's okay. We, su- we survived, but so no, it was, it was really it. cool seeing those two things. Um, you know, we had dinner right in, um, in Piazza San Marco and all that. And then, uh, that was it. We were in Venice for two days. Cool. Um, that's then, I. That's enough time for Venice, I think. I think so too. I mean, we could have probably found some things to do if we were there one more day, but that that was pretty much. We, the only the only thing that time. I would like recommend on top of that would be if you did have that extra day is to not plan anything. Yeah. Right. Like that would probably be the, your best use of time for a third day. Would be. To just yeah. I mean, there, there was for a day. <laughs> there wasn't like a ton of big stuff to like other than those things to go mm-hmm. do there. It might have been nice to spend a little more time around like Rialto because we were we, we basically ran through there. Uh, do you uh, did you you got did you get to see a glass blowing demonstration when you went to um, yes Murano? Yes. That, how, what do they make? Do they make a horse? They made a horse. They always make that horse. It's it made, blows my mind. <laughs> That's just a piece I, of glass. Then it's a horse. What did you do? <laughs> I, I took a video of the first thing he made. Two things. I forget what the first thing he made was. I took a video of that and then I I put the phone down and I was just watching while he was making the horse and I took a picture of it at the end, but nice. Um, yeah, no, that was really cool. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, just a, a whirlwind two days in, in Venezia. Also, yeah. I, I, I really fully, f- I've been, it's been something that's been kicking around my head for almost 20 years. I'm going to be that guy. I've, I've decided. Okay. I'm going to call places by what they're supposed to be called, what their name is. Sure. It's not Venice. It's Venezia. It's, I'm, I that's decided fine. it while we were over there. That that's going to be me from now on, and anyone else can okay. talk it. I don't care. <laughs> you know what it was when I when I first learned that like places in Italy weren't called what they're called was um, during the Olympics, the uh, Torino mm-hmm. Olympics, and it was like you know the Turin Olympics, the Turin Olympics, and it's like Torino, Italy, and I was like, the what, the what now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, god, it's it's a 
version of of arrogance in, in our country that's frustrating to me because if someone came, if someone who was Spanish came and said like Ciudad Nueva York, like we would be like there would be people here like yelling at those people. Sure, it's New York City, but then they're gonna go to Spain or Italy or France and not call those places by the no. No. Putting it into it, putting my foot down. I'm not going to promise that I pronounce it properly all the time in every single place, but I'm going to try is the point. Yeah, I appreciate I'm it. Gonna try. I, I'm going to respect them in the way that I wish that they respect us. Same, <laughs> same thing with people's names. I, people have butchered my name for my entire life, and I, I politely correct, but no, you're going to call me by my name. Yeah. And I'll call you by whatever your name is. And, and please correct me if I pronounce it wrong, but you know, you deserve to be called by your name. You should call me by your name. Yeah, no, I, I, I still haven't seen that movie, but uh, it's, it's probably weird to watch that movie now with Army Hammer being what he is. But um, yeah, it uh, it might paint certain scenes in different light. Yeah. So anyway, I would rather not think about it. I know. I know. Um, so anyway, yeah, we uh, took the uh, the train back out from uh, the city to pick up a ridiculous van. It's a nine person mm-hmm. van. It's a, it's not a minivan. It's a van. Yeah. But not, not like one of those sprinter ones. Like it looks like a minivan, but bigger. Yep. And, um, uh, manual transmission. <laughs> yeah. Was the stick up by the steering wheel or was it low? Um, that was the no, thing that, it was that like thought normal, was pretty cool. There were some rides like, we were in where it was like up there, like where the, it was like up, it was up by the radio basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't like dramatically up there, but it's more or less where you'd expect the gear shift to be yeah. in, uh, in a minivan or whatever. Um, so we drove from there across the country and we tracked down the village where my dad's grandfather's from. Cool. Um, we met people we may be related to. Awesome. We ch- chatted with them for a bit. And uh, that was nice. It was a, a quiet little thing. We took a look. My dad wanted to see, you know, in the graveyard of his, if his great grandfather or any of the names that he recognizes being like, Brothers or cousins of them were there. We found a lot of Bielzies, and over there, it's the Z, not an S. Mm-hmm. Um, but none that he could be 100% sure. We're back, we're back to that same thing you were talking about. Ah, yeah. We'll write it how we want. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I get that in the whole Ellis Island thing. I'm saying we're, we're better Damn. people now. We're smarter. We know better. We can do better. Yeah. When you know better, you do better. So, sure. so um, yeah, so we, we spent like a, uh, maybe two hours in that area. And then we continued on our journey to um to Florida, sorry, F- Forenza. <laughs> we 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 went over there and uh, we got in. That was an adventure <laughs> driving in. That was where we learned about the ZTLs. That was a fun uh, <laughs> the what? the no driving zones. Oh, I I not I don't know what this is. Oh, okay, yeah. So in all of the like the big cities in Italy, apparently, um, they're in like especially specifically in like the historic districts because like we were driving in and it's like oh this looks like it could be a city anywhere in the world yeah and then like you get into like old frenzy and it's like oh yeah this is like cobblestone this was made for mm-hmm. like horses 500 years ago right and there's the ztl which you have to be like licensed or have a specifically like identified reason to be driving in the area okay which for us because we were staying there we had to wait until because there's like a window. It's like eight a.m. to eight p.m. Like no driving unless you're, like I said, licensed or authorized. But we got there at like eight thirty, so you're basically able to like establish residency, which is a reason that you're allowed to drive. So my dad drove in. We're driving through 
you know, piazzas and like down streets that like everyone's just walking down the middle of the street. Like there's sidewalks yeah. and people aren't using them. They're just walking through. The, the that would the level of you were talking about traveling anxiety. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't I wouldn't be able to handle it. I think I have a heart attack on the spot. Driving through the countryside was was wonderful. Yeah. The hi- highways yeah. were really good, actually. Highways are I incredible. I didn't the know. The rest stops start. are out of this world. <laughs> we, we were very impressed. I didn't know. I, I had heard. But seeing the auto grill, yeah, the auto grill. Um, my favorite thing, which I will remember to my dying day, is um, that drive-through McDonald's are called McDrive. Um, Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, actually, yeah, we had a couple of decent lunches uh, during our journeys at, at uh, the auto grill. Um, yeah, like I, I can't. I, I joke about this with people when I tell them that they're going like that. It's that it's actually it's worth stopping. Like actual cooks working there yeah and like making you very good meals <laughs> yeah i mean some of the stuff was kind of basically like good cafeteria food but some of the food sure. was like actually good food no, <laughs> yeah yeah it was it's 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 impressive it's like it's i mean you think about like going on a road trip here and you're like what are you gonna have fast food you're gonna have mcdrive right but if you go there you could like you could stop for like 30 minutes and have like just this incredibly fresh pasta <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> awesome so um yeah, so anyway, we so we get in. My dad find we find the corner of the piazza because we were staying in an, an Airbnb like above um, the Piazza Signoria okay. in Firenze, and uh, it's where um, the it's where uh, the Palazzo Vecchio is, where like okay, uh, and like you know it's a couple blocks from Ponte Vecchio, mm-hmm. and um, so did you guys go to that at yeah. some point? You did, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, so that's funny. I'll get to that in a second. So my dad drops us off because we have like seven suitcase, like rolling suitcases for six people, plus everyone's like carry-on bags or whatever. So he drives off on his own to go park the car, the garage that we booked a spot for. We get everyone else upstairs. He, he shows up probably 20 minutes later. We get situated. It's like nine o'clock. We go downstairs to eat dinner. There's a cafe a couple of cafes and restaurants like directly below us. Like you look straight down and there they are. And uh, so we went. That's where I learned that there are, was it four or five things? There's only four or five things in, in all of Tuscany, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> that's what the guy told us at the restaurant. Yeah, you know, we were asked to. It was, it was like a nice place. Like, they, like the show was expensive, actually, in this restaurant. It was really good, though. Um, he says, we, yeah, we, we have, he goes, we only have a few things. He goes, you do not want the pasta. You do not want the pizza. It's that good. Don't eat it anywhere. Here. <laughs> That's awesome. He's, he's, I'm not, I don't mean here. He goes, I mean anywhere in the area. Don't eat it. It's not what we make here. <laughs> That's great. He goes, we make steak. He goes, you know about the steak Fiorentine? Yes. We have the specific, the cows there, the Chianina, the specific cows for the cut of steak that they do. We make, um, we, he goes, we have the truffles up in, you know, in the mountains. Wild boar. There are so many yep. wild boar here. Yep. <laughs> he goes, anywhere else in the country, you That's can get a license awesome. to hunt them. But here, anyone can go hunt them. If you want to go hunt them, you can. I don't yeah. recommend it, but you can. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> and, he goes and, and we have... Just give me something for the pain and let me die. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and, and we have our wine. You know, we, here yeah. we're in the heart of Chianti, you know... The Chianti region, you know, but, you know... Uh, you, you were like, it's settled. You close your menu. I will take one boar and one wine. <laughs> well, that's the thing is every single restaurant while we stayed in that area, every single one of them had Tagliatelle, 
with boar ragu. Every mm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the places had other boar dishes as well, but sure. every single one of them had tagliatelle with boar ragu. Every single restaurant had ravioli with a creamy truffle sauce. Truffle sauce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every okay. single one of them had the the like five different cuts of steak, you know, obviously highlighting the kimina. And so, you know, we got, okay, so here, we're going to get the, the ravioli. Yeah. We're going to get the, the boar. We're going to get the steak. Um, actually, I will say, though, that first night we had uh, gnocchi and pesto. Best, probably best pesto sauce I've ever had. Yeah. Sure. Like, my mom makes a kick-ass pesto. Yeah. And, like, this was, like, right up there with it. And yeah. that was actually a fantastic dish. Um, and the tell that was with the, the boar ragu was good. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, he was saying like, I oh, know the pasta is good, <laughs> but he's like, he's like, but you have to have this dish because the boar ragu is good. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it, that was a top five meal of my life. Wow. That specific meal. Yeah. <clears throat> it was that yeah, high praise. High praise. Well, cause it was all of it together. Cause I got the steak. Yeah. Everyone else got entry. You know, we, so we all kind of traded with each other, you know, had, you know, having everything that I had there fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, That's then, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we went on the next day we went on a wine tour. We did um, three wineries up in the hills of Tuscany, uh, all county wineries. Um, and uh, yeah, we learned all about the different types of Chianti. Um, we had an, the guy who was like leading the tour is an actual sommelier who like grew up, who like was born in a hill up like a, a village up the hill from where, from <laughs> the city. Um it was awesome at the last place we went and it was like oh he goes i'm not gonna tell you which winery is the best he goes because they're you know there are things that for me like as a sommelier i can tell you like this is better or worse just from a perspective of like how it was made or whatever but you know it's whatever you like is what's what's best i appreciate anybody that puts it forward that way because it was also a lie though because the first place we went to was really good and then the next place we went to was better and then the next place after that like blew both of them out of the water and it's like yeah <laughs> i appreciate that you didn't try to like taint the jury pool but like sure. it's very obvious that you brought us to these into this order for a reason <laughs> <laughs> that's great um you know we got to try like three or four or five different wines at every one of these places everyone at like the first one we went to you know we by the time we got there it's like 10 30 or something like that so we had some like three glasses of wine with like all different sorts of cold cuts and cheese, you know, olive mm-hmm. oil and bread. Cause all these places apparently make their own olive oil too. Yeah. Cause like every one of them has olive trees God, growing. Olive just... oil is so good. Yeah. So the second place we went it's to like actually green, this one was like actually up on like a mountain. Like there's mm-hmm. like the, and they were talking about like why they grow it on the slopes and all that, which was kind of cool. Um, so we go in there and they just have out on like this little pavilion off to the side of the main place. There's just glasses of rosé waiting for us because apparently they all make rosé there. Um, I have a glass of rosé. He goes, okay, now we're going to try something that you're probably not used to. And he brought out two trays of shots of olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? He's now like, it's a party. He's like, yeah. He goes, I'm not going to tell you which one's which. He goes, I put an X on one glass and not on the other one. He goes, I want you to take a shot of both of them and tell me which one's the better one. <laughs> So very like, cool. I was like, listen, we were obviously you're in Italy, you're gonna have a lot of olive oil, but I didn't expect to be drinking it. <laughs> this is egregious. I was like, I'll never do this again, but it actually wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Um, and the good one, uh, if any of you goes and you want to impress your sommelier, um, the one that warms your throat like a shot of bourbon, that's the good one. Mm. Which, again, I didn't think that was a thing that um, olive oil would do to you. <laughs> yeah. 
and then you know we we go we sit down have lunch we try the the different wines with lunch cool drive to the last one it's a villa right up on top of like the hill like you can see uh, il duomo from this villa and we walk through the grounds they have all sorts of citrus trees growing in the gardens and they make some fun wines with some of those and you know we have like the actual wine it's like fuck man this wine is ridiculous and like chianti is is good but it's like Mm -hmm. there are other reds that i prefer because it's kind of not doesn't tend to be as super bold and dry as some other reds uh but these were so good and they this one they were like oh yeah like any of the other places like you could just buy a bottle or whatever you guys but if you buy enough like we will ship it for you oh nice (laughs) So, so we all pitched in bought a bunch of bottles shipped it home which um post note on the whole trip uh that box was being delivered like 90 seconds after we pulled up home uh, <laughs> when we got back from the trip <laughs> like the fedex truck pulled up ahead of our van as we were unloading our suitcases that's nice um but yeah that, I mean, and for lunch we had they had crostini with bruschetta uh pate uh porcini mushrooms cannellini beans Nice. and um, lardo and then uh, for lunch for the actual main lunch we had tagliatelle with boar ragu <laughs> and ravioli with cream truffles. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's awesome did you go down into like in the, to the, the city and see the markers for like the old floods where in which city in and uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the appropriate way to say it in Florence. Um, no, actually, I didn't yeah. see that. Um, yeah, uh, so the, I think one day we did a pizza making class. Cool, which was kind of cool. Um, and it was, so, and they also made like gelato as well. So we all got to eat pizza and have gelato. Nice. I mean, if you're not having gelato every day when you're in Italy, you're not doing your trip right. We didn't have it every day, but we had it several times you've made a mistake <laughs> uh, we, we did a lot right on the trip um, and then one day we drove to the city of Siena and we wandered, wandered around there we saw the cathedral there we saw uh, we went to the Museo Tortura which L- Lily Dominic's girlfriend um, didn't understand she thought it said Tartufo she thought it was the um, mushroom museum and it was the torture museum <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> we thought we could see the scene earlier in the uh, a sign earlier in the day and we're like oh we like that'd be funny to see or whatever and then we were walking down to the main piazza and we literally walked past it we're like okay well now we have to go in and see it she came, <laughs> her and gianna came in with us and they didn't know what we were going in to do <laughs> amazing she's like what is all this to do with like truffles or whatever and we're like it's the torture museum not the yeah. Truffle Museum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was certainly an experience. The John Turturro um, Museum. Yeah, the John T- <laughs> <laughs> It could have just been the Turturro Museum. All three of them are actors. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, <yeah>, true. <laughs> That's incredible. Did you get to yeah. go to the, um, uh, what's that? The gallery called uh, Academia with, the, with David? No, no. Hmm. I think... I don't remember why we couldn't go to that one. We, we couldn't go in El Duomo either because we wanted to go Sunday and it was closed on Sunday, which we didn't know. Hmm. Um, and there was a replica, a full-size replica of David out in the, in the piazza right mm-hmm. outside of her. And plus there was the, um, 
there's a the fountain too. I forget what that fountain was called, um, which was which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, from there we drove to Roma, and um, we were there for like a day and a half. We got there in the. I, I would also say that's enough. Yeah, we got there in the afternoon. We walked to the Trevi Fountain. Mm-hmm. We walked to a restaurant, had dinner, phenomenal dinner. Walked back to Trevi Fountain to see it at night. And then went back. There was a like rooftop bar, so we hung out there for a while. And then uh, the next day, we went to the Vatican and did a whole tour there. And then went to do a tour of the Coliseum. So that was a day. <laughs> Man, I, I still... I don't think it'll ever not blow me away. The Coliseum, like mm. walking into it, all, it of, just, all like, of it was uh, the Vatican. It's too, wild. Like, all of it like blew me away. No. Um, we actually had to leave kind of early from the Vatican trip to make it to the Coliseum one. Like we got to go in St. Peter's, but like we were, in, and we were probably in there for forty-five minutes, and we still ended up having to like kind of leave early like the tour wasn't done we're like oh we gotta make it mm. time for this other one um wait, that wait one, this was from the vatican you said yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot in there yeah did you see it but you got to go to the sistine chapel oh yeah yeah right, and cool. we walked through a couple of the other like galleries and museums and stuff because yeah. there's like 14 museums in there yeah they're all over the place that's yeah. cool so that was a that was a full day and then did you i know you obviously went past it like going to the coliseum but did you get to go up to the circus maximus Yes, um, uh, that well, that also is for so cool to look. <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's not it's it's impressive, even though there's nothing to actually see. I know, and I don't understand why. I think there's just something so surreal about stepping across a street into ancient Rome. <laughs> like I yeah. think that's what makes it like really wild. Yeah, and that one was pretty obvious too, because like you see a bunch of old buildings and new mm-hmm. buildings and old buildings, and then all of a sudden you drive into this one little area, and it's like wait a minute, this is literally something entirely different somehow. Yeah. Even though like right there, there's like a normal restaurant. Like it's right. Yeah. There. It, um, it's, it's pretty wild. That, that but, preservation is impressive. Yeah. But yeah, we like, we, we did the whole Coliseum itself and then we walked behind it up to like the forum and all mm-hmm. like, like the, um, the palace and all that stuff. Um, the, the Caesar's palace. He lived there. The, uh, <laughs> this is the Caesar's palace. Um, and then the next day we drove down to um, to Positano. Um, cool. We, we drove through Pompeii. I did not realize that the Pompeii ruins were in the middle of a current day city called Pompeii. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was like somewhere <laughs> off to the side, like just its own thing, you know? And it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, we just took a quick look at that and then we, we kept yeah. going. Um, that was a, an interesting drive. That was where my dad realized that Driving on um, mountainous coast, he gets vertigo. Who gets vertigo? Oh, he gets vertigo. He was driving, yes. Oof. uh. Yeah, so that was an experience. And then we're driving with this asinine van. A regular Lucille, too. Yeah, yeah, actually. Um, We're driving with this asinine van in Positano, which is... Which is uh, certainly too big for Positano. It's it's suicide. It's suicide. Even though, like, I watched tour buses go down the same drive we were going. It's like, how? Yeah, I know. Mm Mm-hmm. I was on one of those. Yeah. I, that's I the way to we, do it. We cheer around every corner. That, that's the way to do it. We're alive. <laughs> it's not your responsibility. No, it's yeah. not your responsibility. It's not your problem, right? It's someone else's problem. <laughs> Honestly. Antonello. Yeah, that's he the got, way to do He it. got a standing ovation by the end of that trip. <laughs> well, the worst part about it was at that point of the drive, my sister was navigating. I was in the middle row, and she missed the turn. 
And so we drove down, started driving down, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're supposed to go up there. We went from we're two minutes away to we're 26 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you turn around? Yeah. You can, yeah. <laughs> That was I, guess we're, I just guess we're going on to the next leg of the trip. <laughs> no, we, we we figured it out somehow eventually. Yeah, um, that was how. That's crazy. We we were up. So I mean, but even so, though that drive beautiful. is so beautiful. Like it's it's, it's, beautiful. it's, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful, and uh, based on no research, and I don't care whether it's true or not. I'm just going to state it as a fact. I'm uh, Dante Alighieri wrote the divine comedy after staying there because we started calling it descending the levels of hell to go to different places <laughs> because of how steep we counted it. So we went and we found the woman at the bed and breakfast play Airbnb. They were saying it's, there's like 40 units within the same parking lot, all these different like apartments and stuff like stacked around and on top of and between each other and shit up there. There's like a communal pool there. Um, with like a lifeguard on duty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she's like, Oh yeah, you go down to like past the church to that's where the, like the best grocery store is. And, okay, cool. 232 steps. <laughs> it's 232 steps. And these are steep steps. Yeah. So we, it's like my old apartment. <laughs> many more steps. <laughs> so we go down, you know, so we get there. You know, it's probably six o'clock or something like that. We we yeah. so me and my dad and my brother go down to the grocery store. My dad said, "Okay, let's just make dinner tonight. <laughs> let's and just then, live here now." <laughs> well, he so let's go buy a bunch of food. He goes, "We'll buy all the stuff for breakfast every morning. Buy stuff for one dinner. Get some wine. We'll get some whiskey. They sold like bur- bullet bourbon there. <laughs> you know, so we buy a whole bunch of stuff." They they're like we. I felt like we were buying out a third of the store. Um, sure. So they're yeah they're like oh oh yeah here's some bags and then we keep like putting stuff like here's some here's a box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we finish. My dad goes oh I gotta go around because we had to like pay because here's to pay a like, local that will carry this for you. <laughs> oh, God I wish I would have paid that person. Um, so my dad was like out of cash and we needed to pay you have to pay the tourist tax every like place that you stay or whatever mm. and. Um, so me and Dominic go to walk back up. So I'm carrying this box that has like multiple bottles of wine, a bottle of grappa, a bottle of whiskey, a bunch of food, like mm-hmm. all this shit. Dominic's got like three or four bags that he's carrying. <laughs> as well. so, so we start going. I make it up the first long ass flight of stairs to there's like a little um, piazza there at the church. So me and Dominic swap. You know, take like 90 seconds. And then we swap, you know, I'm carrying the bags, he's carrying the box. So we go up the next staircase. Stop. It's, this wasn't one staircase. This was like five consecutive staircases. <laughs> so we stop like halfway up. Swap again. <laughs> make it to the top. <laughs> swap again. <laughs> we walk up to where there was this restaurant. We were going to like ask them if they had dinner. We were there on like a Wednesday and they're closed on Wednesdays. They're open of course. Days a week. So we stop there. Swap one last time. Make it into the driveway. The driveway is a huge, long downhill driveway to like mm-hmm. all the places. We walk all the way back down. Whatever. It's it's been like half an hour, like walking from the grocery store. Yeah, I am like sucking wind, like for real. Like I am yeah. like out of breath, partially because I'm carrying this like huge, heavy box that I'm is like compressing my lungs while. I'm yeah, carrying. but mostly Eventually, because you've just been on the Italian stairmaster. Well, that too. Yeah. So we go. <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I'm just like. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I need a minute, guys. <laughs> so you know, we get settled. We have a good, you know, whatever. We we make dinner, simple dinner. It's like, you know, gnocchi and uh, 
Um, just like a in like a like a regular like red sauce with uh, I forgot what we had in there. We had, we had something in there, and um, so the next day we're taking a boat trip to Capri. And nice. Of course, we're running late again. And it was Scala Maestro, make- by the way. That was what's that? Stairmaster Italian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we're late. We're not going to be able to take the bus down. We have to take it oh, all on, the guys. way to the bottom of the. We have to take it to the beach, basically. We have to take it all the way to the bottom. Yeah, we're at, like the second highest level of the entire town, and like at that point, you can tell like it's getting thin. Like it's not densely populated the way it is like further down. So we have to go down every fucking staircase in Positano. <laughs> We're two thirds of the way down, and I'm like, so first of all, my legs are beat now because of the trip yeah. I took up the day before, and going downstairs is easier than going upstairs. But after a certain point, it's not easier anymore. After like yeah. several hundred stairs, you're just as jelly legged as if you would be going up. It, dude, I, I I I get that. I, I, to quick aside, Brian and I went on a bike ride years ago, and we were like. Do you want to keep going? Like, I feel fine. You want to keep going? We just, and we rode like all through Staten Island, like from basically from like one end to the other. And then we kept going. Then we, we rode to the pizzeria. Then we rode back. Like, we were all over the place. And we're like, that's weird. Like, and we, like, we weren't like regular, like, bikers regularly riding bikes uh, or anything like that. And that night we played poker and we're sitting down. It's like 10 30. You get up from the Someone's table? some no, we didn't get up. Someone's dealing a hand, and like my face must have changed expression because I was like, something's not right, and like I like my legs started to feel like they were on fire. I was just sitting there, and at the same exact time, Brian was having the same sensation. Yeah, because you finally sat down, and the lactic acid Are we dying. Just, the lactic acid <laughs> yeah. was just hanging out. Yeah, it's horrible. So, so we get two thirds of the way down, and I turn to Dominic, and I'm like, we're literally going the reverse of the journey that like Frodo and Sam go climbing the staircase to enter Midas Mordor. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's so many fucking stairs. It's literally thousands of stairs. It's, com- it's comical. <laughs> so we get to the bottom. We barely make the boat. We were supposed to take, we had like the email confirmation it says, this is not a ticket, but you have purchased tickets. Turn this in, get your tickets. We get down like five minutes before the boat's supposed to leave. You have to go up those stairs to get the, the tickets. No. no, we go. We go straight to the boat, and he goes. You know, I was like, "Is this?" The, I don't remember. It was like, like, um, Positano Jet or some shit like that. I don't remember. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Yeah, which one are you looking for?" I was like, "I, I don't know. Take this." He looked at it. He goes, "Ah, get on the boat. Whatever." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "All right, thank God." So we get on the boat. You know, we sit up front because all the seats are taken at this point. We sit, but we sit up by the front. The front was actually like, even though we're inside, like the door is open there. So at least we're getting yeah. fresh air blown in when they start going. My sister is definitely afraid of boats. Oh no. She's like literally eyes closed, sitting like erect posture forward, gripping the chair that she's sitting on. Is it boats or water or? It's boats on the ocean. Okay. I think. All right. Because she wasn't seasick, it was fear. No, no, it's fear. Yeah, that's. So we're going. She, I, she's like Lily. Literally, is like, do you want to hold my hand? <laughs> she's like <laughs> clutching her hand, clutching. I'll have to show you the picture. Send you a picture. Clutching the chair, sitting with her eyes closed. <laughs> oh, I'm dying laughing. I, t- I took a picture of it. She's like, I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. It's like, okay, like we'll get you a drink when we get over there. She's sitting there. We're all like, kind of. Like, my mom is kind of just like doesn't feel good because of all the stairs and all that. Uh, Dominic passed out on the 
bench somehow. Um, me and Lily are laughing. My dad's kind of just in his own world. And then this music starts playing. And I turn around and I'm like, Gianna, you're about to get your wish. And she's like, what? There's these three Italian guys on the boat coming around making um, limoncello spritzes for everyone sitting <laughs> on the, yes! the boat <laughs> playing music. They got the limoncello. They got the Prosecco. They got Amazing. frozen lemonade. Oh, that's so good. Dude, it was, and it, and it was good. And I was like, yeah. she's like, what do you want? I was like, no, seriously, I'm not fucking with you. Turn around. And she looks and she's like, I need one. My saviors. <laughs> so we went, we booked a, um, you know, chairs at this uh, beach club in Capri. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, we were there on the beach for a few hours. Um, you know, they had like service there. So we had uh, actually a really fucking good hamburger there. Um, <laughs> no, it was really random. Uh <laughs> You know, they had other like like snack things that were good too, but I was like, it was like a legitimately really good burger. Wild boar ragu. <laughs> no, no, it's only only in Tuscany. So, um, you know, they made these things. It was like hush puppies, but it was like it was like a medley of this one was like zucchini, and this one was like shrimp, and this one was like some other sort of I don't know. It was it was really good. It was kind of like really sweet. I don't know. It was good. Um, we got That's drinks. Cool. They did a little shopping, took the boat back, more limoncello spritz. Did you guys do the funiculi? No. No, the, the big elevator. No, I the didn't side of the see cliff. that. Oh, no. I, maybe we were on that, just the other side of it, maybe? Is that there or is that an Amalfi? Yeah. No, it's there. Okay. Because I didn't yeah. hear anything about that. I didn't see we, that. I only know because we went, we went there and we took it up to the top. And that was actually where... I had one of the best gelato of the trip. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I had, I told you about one of the best meals I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to tell you about the best single dish maybe I've ever had in my life. Oh, boy. So we 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 get there. We get totally lost. We're trying to find the bus stop. We're like, okay, well, we have to go up. So we go up the way we can. Not the right staircase. Apparently, there's multiple different no. staircases to get to multiple <laughs> different levels. So we have to go back down all the way. <laughs> No, I mean, we only went up a couple levels. We didn't go, like, we weren't even halfway back up. Um, Walked around to the other side, and it's actually a ramp up to the first level. Okay. Okay. Find the bus stop. There's a bus in 15 minutes, or there's a bus in an hour and 15 minutes, or whatever. So, it's like, okay, get the tickets, whatever. Uh, Let's just eat dinner here, because, like, who knows, like, what the situation will be. So, we walk like there's a couple of restaurants right there so we walk it's like a wine bar is where we find that will actually like take us and we go in now the wine was great which we expected wasn't sure what the food was gonna be like i'm not that i thought it was gonna be bad but i just didn't give me the vibe of like this is like a restaurant sure I thought it was gonna be like just a couple of little things everything we had was really good the, you know they bring out <laughs> this i forget what it was some sort of it was like some sort of vegan like arancino or something like that it was actually pretty good. Um, but, you know, we have a couple of different types of appetizers, whatever that you expect. All the entrees were good. Everything was really cool. I ordered. I was the only one to order it because, like, two people ordered one thing, two people ordered another thing. I ordered, it was lamb sirloin in a plum mustard hmm. with carrots and mashed potatoes. Oh, that's amazing. Anthony, the sauce. <laughs> this plum mustard. Was literally divine. <laughs> and the lamb sirloin cooked to perfection. Like, I ordered it rare. It's deep red. And yeah. 
soft and whatever. I'm just like, took a bite of it and I was like, someone give me a piece of bread. And I'm like, tear off a piece for everyone, like scooped up some of the sauce. I was like, you all have to try this. So like, yeah. okay, like fine, whatever. Oh, wow. That was really amazing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's Dude, awesome. It was the most, uh, seriously, it's probably the best single thing I've, I've ever, it might be the best single thing I've ever eaten. It was so awesome. freaking good. Ah, I love that. Yeah. So the the day after that, we went to the pool, um, and then we went to dinner. Where the fuck did we go to dinner? Oh, sorry. No, we went to the pool. Then we drove to Sorrento. Ah. We went to. I loved. I loved Sorrento when we went last time. We probably didn't spend as much time. I. We kind. Of, I wasn't sure what to expect from it at first. I, I didn't get a good vibe from it at first. But where we went was cool. We went to a lemon grove. Yeah. We learned about lemons. It was not an orchard. It was a grove. Um, <laughs> because they grew many things there, but mostly lemons. Uh, <laughs> I have to show you the picture of this one lemon I saw because it was almost the size of Dominic's head. I was say, it was a cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah, because I, I took a picture yeah. of it and I was like, there's no sense of scale for this. I was like, Dominic, you need to stand over here. And I took a picture with him. It's like dangling like just above and like to the side of him. And it's like, 70% the size of his head. That's it's ridiculous. Well, when we were there, we got to stay at like a boutique hotel on like the top of this hill that was surrounded by olive trees and lemon trees. And it was so, it was just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, we got to, so he like cut up the lemons, whatever he goes, he goes, we're going to show you different like stuff, whatever. Because this is what my grandma used to make for me and my grand and my, my cousins or whatever. When she wanted us to be quiet, he literally just shook, sugar on slices of lemon. He goes, by the way, if you're feeling daring, eat the whole thing. Eat the rind too. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Yeah. He's like, don't do that. If you get that from a store, but here, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Then they made us lemonade. He goes, I'm not even gonna put sugar in it. If you want it, I'll put it in whatever we, so we drink, it was just lemon juice and water. Phenomenal. Yeah. We had limoncello there that they made. Um, they, it's a, it's a pretty new operation. They've been open for a couple of years. It's like a whole thing with this. Um, was it the like the terrazza or something like the the like the terrace farming that they do there? Okay, something like that. Um, and um, so then they had some sort of lem- lemon marmalade and like orange marmalade oh. that they made or citrus marmalade because it was like orange lemon and one other thing I forget. Um, we actually awesome. we bought some of that and brought it back. Um, all of it was so good. Can you and please then, can you please supply me with some of that and a bread in the oven? Uh, yes. I, uh, <laughs> was it p- p- Pane and Forno? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we had bread in the oven every morning for breakfast in uh, Positano. Um, nice. and then, uh, we, uh, we went to dinner at this place down in like, like the heart of like the, the city there. Um, like, see- like seafood, I mean, obviously all of them basically seafood places. Um, I had, I ordered what was like the mixed, grill or whatever like or sorry it was like fricto misto or whatever mm-hmm. um i had seen versions of that all over the place i was not prepared for this one because there were many entire fishes on my plate nice it was uh it was an adventure <laughs> yeah it. it came with like four different like sauces or whatever that you can kind of dip but i have never taken apart a fully cooked fish before mm-hmm. where i'm like yanking the, the head and tail and like spines out of like fish sure. trying to not swallow 400 uh fish bones yeah. That was uh, an adventure. But the meat of the fish. Oh, was it was really incredible good. from being really cooked good. with it. Yeah, it's 
it's a risk reward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took it took a lot of work. Like everyone was yeah. waiting for me to finish eating. It was really good, but it was uh, it was an adventure. Um, and then nice. the next day we went to the beach in Positano, not the main beach. We went to there's like a resort off to the side. Oh, cool. We like booked um, like chairs down there, and then had uh, dinner at the restaurant there. We had like we ordered like a bunch of pizzas and like a couple other things, and that was all really really good. Nice. They had a, one pizza was really good. It was like sausage, like taken out of the casing, like mm-hmm. um, with it wasn't regular sauce. It was some sort of pumpkin sauce. Cool. Yeah, it looks really weird. I took a picture of it because it's like yellow, mm-hmm. but it's it tasted really good. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the night after the final night, we the final day, we went to the pool. And then we went to the restaurant that was right around the corner from us. Oh, by the way, there was a grocery store that was like 45 feet from our thing. So uh, my dad and my brother went there a few times. I was like, you, are you fucking serious? There was one literally right outside of our place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that restaurant, again, just phenomenal, phenomenal meal. A uh, really cool view because it's like right up. It's like on like the second level of the building. So you look down oh, like cool. the entire city and beach and all that. So That's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, we had the the escapade from hell leaving the next day, which I recounted to you in text form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the flight was pretty much fine, and uh, getting home was all good. So it was a ridiculous trip, as you could tell from the amount of time I just spent talking about it. Right, but all in all, one of those like once in a lifetime type of experiences, though. Oh, absolutely incredible, incredible thing. Um, not restful. I mean, as you could tell, we were super busy the whole time. Um, oh, yeah. But incredibly enjoyable like once in a lifetime stuff, like cool, some really cool things to see. Incredible awesome. food, incredible drink. I drank so much freaking wine. Uh, I found grappa <laughs> that I actually like. Um, mm. It's the uh, grappa, the barrique, the one that's in the, the oak, like the French oak casks. Actually really okay. good. I brought back a bottle of it. Um, it's, it comes out like a light brown color. Yeah. And usually grappa. I, I, I like all the grappa that I've had. So I've, I've only had the, the, whatever you can get here like once or twice and then it was okay. I wasn't really, uh, there's one particular bottle that Kim found for me that I, is like really, really good. Um, I'll see if I can find it for you. It's, it's nice. Yeah. But that's awesome. I was, well, I'm glad you had such a successful trip. Oh yeah, it was great. It literally rained one, the day that we went to the wineries, it rained for like an hour while we were on the bus. Otherwise okay. it didn't rain the whole time. Amazing. Beautiful weather. Yeah. Like one day it was like 78 degrees. Every other day it was like low 80s. Like a couple of days it was like mid to high 80s. But like mm. the like a week and a half before in Rome it was like 105 degrees. And I think this past week, which is you know a week or two after we were, we we left, it was again like 100 degrees. So we got lucky with that. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. That's cool. At least you, I'm glad you had a nice trip. I uh, <laughs> things things over here have been on the hectic side. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I know that we've talked about like random pieces of what's been going on on our end. Uh, so I will like, tell you the the brief that you gave me before uh-huh. I left, and then you can fill me in what happened after. So okay, you bought a house finally after over a year of searching. Seventeen months. Yep. Is it that long? Okay. Well, I know yep. you went on hiatus for a couple months, but yeah, like total yeah. time, right? Um, yep. You had many bats. Many bats <laughs> in the attic of the new house. 
had some sort of arrangement where you had to like rent your own house that yep. you're leaving for like a month. It looks like we're now past a month. Um, yep, sixty days we got. Okay, sixty days. You told me a month originally. Yeah. In which you had to get rid of the other situation in order to move in. Mm-hmm. The room you're sitting in is your old office that you've always been in. It is very empty. So obviously yes. the move has been underway. Uh, and that's about all I know. The move has commenced. So yeah, so uh, what folks, I, I believe we brought up the bats on the show before too. but uh, if, That was probably uh, the just, last episode that we did, yeah. Just to recap, they're protected in New Jersey. You can't just remove them. Um, so you have to have them properly. They get squatters rights? They get squatters rights. <laughs> you have to properly evict them. Uh, they call it to, a bat exclusion. You have to serve them exclu- notice? They, yeah, they call it a bat exclusion program. Okay. Which I found funny. I got a chuckle out of that. But basically they come in and they they don't even need to go inside your house to do this. But they go around the outside along all of the trim of the roof and find anywhere where there's a remote like possibility of a gap. And they like basically stuff what looks like carbon like odor filter in it. It's probably mm-hmm. just something to block it. Um, find the areas where they can see guano and assume that that those are the areas that they might be coming out of slash living in. And they attach these bat cones, registered <laughs> trademark, uh, to the which is basically just like a from. I'm gonna guess it's like a six to twelve inch like clear cylinder. I can't. I can't properly gauge the size of it from standing on the fl- on the street and looking yeah. up at the house. But um, it's basically a funnel. It gets narrower towards the end, and the bats, when they go out to hunt, they can't come back in. They can't. They can't get back in the funnel. Oh, it's like it's the one um, way. it's like the 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 wasp trap things that are like like conical, where like they can go in but they can't get back out. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Like the reverse so, of that, obviously. So they put like three or four of those around the outside corners. Um, on so the they're not allowed shops. to. Re- they're not allowed to remove them. They just have to like I- invite them to leave. Yeah, it's like the reverse vampire. Oh, I say this. I guess this makes sense because once a vampire's in, they're in. Yeah, <laughs> which you never saw that episode of Archer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I I've been on the phone numerous times with the company that's doing the work, which was they were hired by the previous owners. That was part of the contract that they have to have it taken care of, obviously. Yeah. Um, but very nice, very nice uh, person, uh, good company. He's been working with me, like keeping me like being very accommodating to like my questions and concerns and whatnot. Um, he's like, look, here's the deal. Technically, what we do is we put this stuff in and we'll come back usually in like four weeks and then we'll just remove everything. We'll close it all up and we'll clean up the inside of the attic. And he's like, we don't have to wait that long. He's like, they're usually gone in four days. And I was like, oh. And I was like, he, I was like, well, then can you move me up? And he understands like we're trying to move and we're coordinating these dates and stuff. So, um, in a, w- they finally finished putting like installing the stuff like last week. They had to come back multiple back times. Long. Yeah, they. I don't know what happened. It took them multiple trips to actually get it done. Um, so next by the end of next week, they're going to come. To finish the job, hopefully. I have a few days buffer just in case there's any sort of issue. And then we're moving. We have the movers coming on the 11th. Um, We're going to clear out the house that week. And then we'll be fully out of here by the 15th. Okay. So that's the the deal. But yes, I'm currently currently living in my rented previous home. 
which is weird. Um, it is. Uh, we've moved most of the stuff. Most okay. of the stuff is in the garage of the new house. And at this point, I could safely say that everything that we own would fit in just the garage of the new house, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> well, so I don't think you showed me pictures of this one. I know I saw pictures of the last one that you of the almost previous bought. one. Yeah. 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 This is much bigger than that one. Really? Okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's nice. So it ended up, all in all, like all of these headaches, it's, it's worked out for the best. Like the, it's like exactly what we wanted. Um, okay. In a that's really cool. nice, quiet, no outlet neighborhood. No nuclear trains. No nuclear trains. That was another one. Um, <laughs> it's five minutes away from here. Ah, okay. Um, it's great. And that, that's good for me because I don't want to yeah. have to go. I was, I was really worried I was going to have to go like an additional 45 minutes from the hour, 45 minutes that you're yeah, no. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and we're actually going to have multiple places that guests can sleep. Nice. Which will be cool. I don't um, know. I've always, I've really grown fond of the floor of your office. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one of those places will be my new office, but my new office is, it's so much bigger. Than this room. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that room is fine for an office. Uh, it's not when you work from home every day. Yeah. Okay. It, it gets, it gets a little it's cell-like. Than, it's bigger than a cubicle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I've got a lot of, a lot, we have a lot of space, um, which is very beneficial and very necessary because the other thing that we might not have talked about on the show is that boy number two is on the way, <laughs> uh, and we'll be arriving late November. Yes. Good. Yeah. So, uh, Expect another hiatus from us. Yeah, the idea here is let's try and crush two straight months of yep. fantastic episodes. And then we'll probably go off for three or four months again like we did last time when Elliot was born. So Yeah, then, uh, then we'll come back hot. Which is good because we always end up with an accidental one-month hiatus around the holidays anyway. So that's already baked in. Well, just think about it this way, right? Like, you're going to be short on content because by the time we come back, I'm sure the effects of all of these strikes will be... Yeah, more on that later. Really and I was really us. hoping that we would be able to sign off with the new Dune movie, and that's not going to happen anymore. We'll talk about that in the news yeah, section. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the haps. That's what's going on here. Uh, I will say, you know what? I'm, if you want to go on, you, you love tangents. Thanks. Wild tangents. Okay. I have been coordinating far too many things the past however many months trying to get this the deal to happen and everything yeah. and now that we're in the space of we have access to that, oh roger painted my house oh nice uh friend of the friend of the family did roger he you, did he bring you any um was it guatemalan food was that what it was uh no we didn't get any I'll guatemalan food this time but my my mom had him come to like fix one thing at their house okay and she made him a lasagna oh that's nice so um, How's that, but how's they that? did for cultural exchange. They brought yeah. your parents a bunch of food and your, your mom brought them food. They didn't bring us great. any food, man. They were in office I mean, for like a week and, or two weeks, week and a half, whatever it was. He was he was there for a while. And he man, I look, getting your whole house painted is an expense. Mm-hmm. However, the amount of work this guy does oh, they're, is they're, they're fantastic. They do a great out job. of control. Yeah. Like I can't I I it's it's unfathomable. Um, but that has been the blessing of like having access to the house. In the meantime, we've been able to do some work. So we've replaced the rugs upstairs um, with newer pet-friendly, like non-allergeny rugs. Yeah. Uh, significantly cheaper than going in another material, which is why we ultimately did it. But then the rug downstairs we replaced with. There's there one room downstairs that had rug that we replaced with uh, like the final plank flooring. 
And, okay. Uh, so that came out nice. So the very the bottom floor is the main floor is um, mostly hard hardwood, and then one room is that vinyl plank, and then the upstairs is all rug. Okay. Um, and they did a they did a hell of a job. Uh, the people that we use for that, and uh, if you're ever in the in, in the uh, market for flooring, um, I know it's a well known company, but Empire's like warranties are bananas. So really? okay, uh, it was uh, it's basically like for five years, if anything happens accidentally, no questions asked, they will fix it. <laughs> that like, might, that cool. might have been who did our floors when we had Roger paint the house. We had the, okay. the, floor, the floor guys too, but it was different guys. I, I, yeah. That might have been who did ours. I don't remember. But then like the rug is covered for like 30 years. Oh, okay. And like, there's a lot. Yeah. I was like, this seems, I was like, this also seems worth it. And they did it in a day and a half. Yeah. The floors were fast. It was the painting that took a lot longer. I was like, Jesus. But, um, they did a great job. So yeah, like I said, we've been able to have some of that stuff done. All right. So now my tangent, we, that was a sub tangent. This is the actual tangent. <laughs> the tangent I've been trying tangent? to coordinate a lot of things. One of the things that I'm trying to do is I need to make sure that, uh, I wanted to get myself set up so that I'll have internet in the next house. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with relative speed. So I originally was like, you know what, why don't I activate another plan there in the meantime and then cancel this one, no. um, under the same account. Uh, but I can't get this same plan now there. However, I can transfer this plan there. Okay. And this plan I found out is like hella cost efficient because it is, it's 89 a month. Mm-hmm. What we have right now for Fios, uh, like gigabit internet. Okay. But that includes HBO max and the Disney bundle. Okay. So like, it, it, there's there's a lot of rolled in cost there that I would I would be paying on top of a service. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I want I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. I'll just go with if it means transferring the service and then working from there for a few days while like in between the move and like taking time off to to finish that stuff. I was like, I'll just do that. So I contacted Verizon and I explained the situation. I was like, I'm you know, what's the soonest you can have me over there? I want to get this out of, out of there. And then I figured also if I was able to just do it like right away, I'd buy one of those like. T-Mobile hotspots for like a couple weeks to just service this house while we're still here. Yeah. But um, regardless, it got, it came down to like the soonest we can do it is September 6th. I was like, well, I was hoping for sooner than that, but whatever, it's fine. Let's just go with it. At least I get to keep my plan, exact payment, all that structure. They, they confirmed that showed me the receipts. Like we're good to go there. I was like, cool. Uh, they're like, okay, great. Your scheduled install is September 6th. Uh, we'll give you a call with a two hour window on that day. And I was like, okay, great. And they're like, and your current service has been disconnected. And I was like, that's not what we want. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to, they're like, well, you can't have the service overlap. I was like, you realize September 6th is not now. <laughs> so yeah. I had to have- Turn it off September 5th, sir. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I'm going to need that service through September 5th. They're like, yeah, of course, no problem. We'll turn that right back on for you. And I was like, so they clearly they already turned it off. I was like, okay, thank you. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the couch doing this and Kim is watching something on Netflix and they're like, okay, off. you're, yeah, they're like, you're all set. Spinner. I'm like, mm, I was like, we're so not all set. <laughs> See, you say that, but yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, funny you should say that. My internet is currently out. And they're like, all right, now I'm going to speed things up. For the next two hours, I am on tech support. 
Yeah, this was remember my conversation about the internet and direct TV mm-hmm. conversations I had like across like a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, can you go can you reset your router? I was like, I can. It's not gonna do anything, but I can. But it's not gonna do anything. Yeah, basically. I was like, okay, fine. So I was like, in the meantime, I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? Let me disconnect all of my equipment and just plug their router in just so that they, cause they can monitor their routers and stuff like that. I'll make sure that they know that my thing, they, they're like, yeah, we see it, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, it's saying that we don't have, um, the service is not there. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware I'm not online. Um, they're like, okay, can you try this? I went outside. I unbolted the casing around the ONT, which is like the box, the fiber comes into. And they were like, can you send us a picture of the lights on there? I was like, yep, here's all the lights. I was like, great. And I was like, going back for it. And that, like, uh, every, like, we're on, I'm telling telling you, it's two, it's a little bit more than two hours that I'm on the phone troubleshooting this thing that I know is not an issue on my end. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I was like, I need to, I was like, we need to take a step back. I was like, you turned it off. I'm going to need you to just turn it back on. Like, it's real. it's, it's, at, it is as simple as that. There's no, uh, there's nothing else I can, like, there's nothing I can do on my end. Like, yeah. which is usually what they tell you. <laughs> like this, like I've done. So, like I'll follow all these steps, but you ultimately need to turn it back on. Uh, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we don't know what's happening." Um, blah, blah, blah. I was like, "You're going to send the technician right away." And then <laughs> they were like, uh, "Okay, the next available is tomorrow morning." And they gave me like every thirty minutes, starting at eight o'clock. I was like, "I will take the first available." Thank you kindly. Uh, so they scheduled for eight o'clock. I hung off the phone in a fit of rage. I was like. This is just ridiculous. I had enough to do that day, so we left. Eight o'clock rolls around the next day. The guy, the tech comes in. He's like, hey, uh, can you take me down to your equipment? I was like, sure. I was like, but before we get started, I was like, let me explain to you what happened. I called Verizon because I am moving. They are transferring this service from this address to the new address on September 6th. This address needs to stay active until September 5th. He's like, but they disconnected it during that call, and then they didn't turn it back on. And he's like, there's nothing I can do here. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I, I'm aware. But, and he's like, I'll call them. And I was like, thank you. So he calls and he's here for 30 minutes and they give him the runaround. He does all the steps that I did the day before. He goes to the truck. He replaces my router just to prove to them that it's not an issue yeah. on mine. He goes to the truck. He replaces the ONT box. Just to prove to them. I just don't understand not, why they can't just click the button. They have I the know. button there. I know. They have. That's the thing. That's the thing. So I'm waiting this like, whole time. Like, what's stopping like, them? So, okay, I'm going to press the button, sir. And then when that doesn't work, oh, wait, it worked. Okay, great. You know what I mean? Like, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, and that's what I'm getting at, too. Or I'm like, look, I don't, like, I don't know what your system looks like, but I'm fairly certain you have to click one box. Like, without seeing it or knowing anything about it, that would be my guess. This reminds and me it, of that stupid scene from Mystery Men when... Greg Kinnear is not paying attention. He's trying to tell them like the sequence of like flips of switches. Yeah, <laughs> just flip the switch. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm sitting on the stairs and uh, in my da- like, like on the downstairs like portion of the stairs, just waiting, waiting for him to do all of his things. And he's like, "All right, sir, do you mind checking your internet again?" And I was like, "Sure enough, I had internet on my phone." And I was like, "Well, you know what? Let me check a non-cellular connected device before I let you before I let you leave." Um, you are, in fact, held hostage right now until this yeah. is resolved. Uh, I go to my computer. Not only am I getting internet, but I'm actually now getting the full gigabit that I was supposed to be getting for the past three years that they were like, oh, yeah, sometimes it's slower. I was like, no, there's an issue. I'm only getting 300 down. And it's like, but no, now suddenly I'm getting the full gig. Uh, anyway, I was like, that's a different battle for a different day. 
Um, I was like, yep, we're back online. He's like, okay. And he's like, pack some stuff up and he's about to leave. I was like, what was the problem? He goes, it was a backend issue. I was like, I know it was. I know it was. <laughs> like, what do I have to tell them next time? Like, do I, like, where on the page is the button? Like, can you can you tell me how to explain to them what to click? <laughs> can you show me like, a picture I, of where the button yeah. is? Oh, my God. I was so, that's what I should have done to the tech support guy. I was like, can you take a video of your uh, of your box and send it to me? I was like, can you take a video of your fucking screen? And, <laughs> and I will highlight on it what, what you need to click. <laughs> I was so mad. It, and it was like, it was like one of those like things that was really sticking with me. Like, I couldn't get over it. I was furious. Oh, yeah. I was like, I can't, I'm doing all of these things. Things. I'm doing too many things right now, and I'm doing everything to the best of my ability. And it's like, and you are not. <laughs> you're, do, you're, you're doing too much. Do less. Exactly. Well, now you're doing nothing. <laughs> you're oh gonna do God. more. Than that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was so I was livid, livid, Alessandro. <laughs> I believe it. But whatever. Sometime next week, I won't have internet. Ah. Um, so we'll figure it out. Let's shoot for recording on Tuesday because I'm fairly certain on Wednesday. <laughs> we also we're also going to want to be done by midnight, <laughs> just oh, in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll make it a short episode. <laughs> I mean, we always say that and it never happens. Yeah, I know. You know. Anyway, uh, talk about some movie stuff. So these Dune delays. What uh, what happened there? So you remember the the producers? Well, not the producers. The writers and the actors strike. Because uh, yes. it's, ha- it's happening. Um, yeah. Uh, we're officially. So it's funny. There was this delay, and then today I also saw. I didn't get a chance to actually read it. I just skimmed it real quick. But um, my close personal friend Alan Sevenwall wrote how the fall TV schedule is going to be abysmal because none of the shows are either finished being made or going to be like left to be aired because they've aired them all. Right. Um, but yeah, no. Dune was delayed uh, because. During the strike, writers and actors are not allowed to do promotion for the movies. Mm-hmm. And rather than just pay the marketing budget and try and just do trailers and all that, because they can't do all these press junkets and all those things, um, they just decided to punt to next year, which goes to show you that they are expecting this to last quite some time. Yeah. Um, which shouldn't surprise anyone because we're now. Uh, like what, three or four months into this, at least yeah. on the writer side, and uh, like about that half sucks. Time for the actor side. Um, also pretty shitty that um, actually the movie we're doing today, uh, as well as um, well, actually it's more the Barbenheimer thing. Um, they with the actors, they had asked for an extension of the talks before the CBA ended, and they agreed to it, and then Barbenheimer happened. And then they said, yeah, we're not going to continue talks. You guys might as well just go on strike. So they did the extension to get to that day so that they mm. won't be doing the press for that, which is pretty fucked up. Uh, but yeah, don't expect this. I mean, the last one, the one in 2008, went for like, I don't know what it was, 10 months or something like that. Uh, so this isn't going to end anytime soon. We're going to be running out of television shortly. There will be some movies that may or may not go. Uh, I was reading an article today that like the because of the Dune movie moving, it was supposed to be it was like November third or something like that. Um, how the the Marvels is supposed to kick off the week after, and how if Disney doesn't move that one, that one will benefit because it won't have any overlap, and actually they will have access to IMAX screens they wouldn't have otherwise had access to because Dune had a monopoly on them. Mm. So 
But that's assuming that they still air that movie then because they sure. could punt that to next year as well. So basically there was like one or two big temples left for this year that, I mean, for me, I was super looking forward to the Dune movie, obviously. Same. For the end of this year, uh, which was one that's actually been pretty good for movies overall um, in a way that you know some of the preceding years hadn't been with COVID and all that. Um, and now the, the main attraction for me uh, is no longer <laughs> on the schedule uh, until yeah. several months from now frustrating we've seen delays in movies before usually it's because they're not done making them uh, this one's done so yeah. it's pretty shitty that we're not gonna get to see it that sucks yeah but it sucks even more that they have to they have to deal with this yes um it's pretty frustrating i was reading a little bit i haven't delved too deeply into it i've been talking about it a little bit lately um because initially the reason that the strikes kicked off was basically that the it was an amt p or amptp or whatever the fuck the producers the studios themselves that that guilds or whatever the fuck that is the bargaining arm from the studio side. Um, uh, they were just flat out refusing to negotiate on a bunch of issues, which is why the strikes actually started. Um, they actually had some meetings over the last like two weeks and they went flatly nowhere. So this is, we're, we're, we're still going to go for a while here. Yeah. Ugh, brutal. Brutal. Well, what did they, they just delayed it. Did they say that they give a target? Yeah, I think it was date? March. I forget the okay. date, but I think it was March of next year. All right. So maybe we'll come back with you. No, <laughs> I think we'll be back before then. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Who knows? Who can say? I don't remember what the, uh, the, the full total of the hiatus was last time. Obviously, it's uh, entirely up to what you and you know, yeah. your family can manage. The, so. uh, I'm sure it'll be a little bit extra chaotic this time, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now okay. that a two of them. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, you just reminded me of something else that I watched. Oh, okay. uh, I've been trying to keep my consumption list up to date, but I've 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 fell apart and definitely did not. I had to wreck uh, my brains earlier today because I watched like seven movies on the or six yes no, yes six or seven movies on the planes. Um, that's all I really watched while I was over there. Uh, more on that later. But um, yeah, uh, that's all for this news. But do you want to talk about some trailers that we? Watched? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about some trailers because this is what you're going to get. Things this that may or may not be coming get. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. What were the two of them again? Uh, so we had the new Zack Snyder movie on Netflix, which is a two-part movie. This is part one that will be coming out. Uh, it's Rebel Moon. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah, I'm... Oh, okay, I misunderstood. I thought it was a series with two drops. No, I'm 99% sure that it's a part one and part two movies, and each of them has a subtitle that I don't remember. Um, right. Because it's not like on like the main thing. It was at the end of the trailer, they said. Part I, one, I gotta say, November, I, whatever, I, and then part two, like early next year, and each of them had a subtitle. I watched that whole trailer, and I was like, I haven't the slightest idea what this is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I watched the whole thing. I was like, man, this is like a fever dream because it's all over the place. That Not inherently in a bad way, just like it was a lot. And at the end, when it said part one, part two, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That was two movies worth of trailer. Now I understand why it's just so much. But even so, I didn't get any sort of context on what the movie's about. So they've been doing a little bit of press already with it. Um, the Netflix site to them um, did uh, a little Q&A with Zack Snyder. And the gist of it is there's, uh, you know, sometime in the future, there's a kind of sci-fi whatever situation where people live on multiple planets 
and there's this one little rebel moon he said it um where mm-hmm. it's a kind of quiet backwater and some conquering force comes in and they're not compliant and it's some sort of sci-fi epic civil war type of thing um with all that fun stuff i am super sour on Zack snyder though i am too but it's mostly it's mostly directed at the dc stuff this is something separate i i didn't watch army of the dead i know my brother liked it um i heard some people liked it uh, i just it's one of those ones that eventually um maybe i'll watch it like I, I didn't not watch it out of protest or anything like that i just didn't mm-hmm. grab me and i was i had other things to do at the time yeah. um I was actually well, we'll intrigued have, by we'll this. We'll have a year of nothing, so we can probably watch things like that. That's true. Uh, I was actually intrigued by this. Like the trailer was way extra. This has some just ridiculous over the top bus potential, but it's a really good cast, and I'm down for some sci fi fuckery. So, like, I'm willing. Sure. It, it's it's on Netflix. So, like, I'll give it a shot. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. Um, yeah, especially with yeah, it, it's got a budget. Like, it looked yeah pretty it, good. Yeah, I mean, it looks better than any of those DC movies. Yeah, like, it it looks like a big-budget sci-fi movie, uh, which, like, I'm usually here for. So, um, looks like Sofia Boutella is the lead. I like her. Um, Yeah. There's a bunch of other people in the cast that I really like. Don't ask me to recount any of them because I forgot already, but, like, it was a bunch of people. It was, like, Jimin Hanshu and Ed Screen, I think, plays the villain, and a bunch of other people, so... Um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a the, the lot going on in that trailer. Yeah, <laughs> um, leading to a lot of nothing and misunderstanding on my part. But I'll watch it. I'm happy to watch yeah. um, some, like, something something uh, of that ilk. He's uh, he's had some time to distance himself from the DC thing. I've had some time. I'm willing to try and be neutral about it. Like I'm not going sure. super hyped for it, but I'm not going in expecting to hate it either. Like just let's see what it is. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then on the topic of Netflix garbage trailers, uh, the next movie was what's it called? So that one, I'm pretty. This is a show. Sure this is like a, a ten show. ten part yeah. show or something like that. Yes. So I agree. I haven't, other than The Witcher, which I still haven't finished the newest season. More on that later. Um, I have not really watched a Netflix show in quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Just they don't really make shows that interest me any- anymore. Um, but I will pretty much always be here for David Fincher. And I seem to recall sure. loving another David Fincher Netflix show, a little thing called house of cards. So I like David Fincher. I like Michael Fassbender. It's about, it looked like it's part Hitman, part Dexter. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's give it a try. Why not? Yeah. Again though, I was like, sure. Totally. Seems like something that I could potentially get behind. I have no I trust, idea I, what it's about. I trust Fincher. It's gonna be good, you know. Basically, that's basically like, what it comes down to. But like, what's the point of a trailer? Well, technically, that was a teaser. But I mean, he's—I'm right. pretty sure he's an assassin. A long teaser. It was, but it, well, at least I know what I clicked on. It said like the killer. It's called the killer. The killer teaser. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. It was like eighty seconds right. long or whatever. But well, um, anyway, I guess that's something that we can watch. It's a proof of concept thing. I don't care. It's David Fincher, Michael yeah. Fassbender. I'm gonna watch it. Like you know. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I think we can roll right into some uh, consumption. So, I've got a I've got a ton of stuff that I've watched since we've last spoke. But uh, why don't you kick us off? I have something that might excite you. Oh, something near and dear to your heart. Oh, it's airplane movies. 
Yes. <laughs> what movies are getting a higher rating this week, Al? <laughs> well, all of them because they're airplane movies, and according to your theory, they're all higher than they would be otherwise. At least one to two points higher rating on, on that being scale. that being said. <laughs> oh, I thought it was half a point. It was full points. Full points. Okay. I didn't grade them. I can after you want. So I'm going to read you the list. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read it. Um, actually, I pretty much almost put this in chronological order too. Um, but I put it in the order of the first few movies were all movies I was seeing for the first time and all of them were new or newish movies. And then the last couple of movies were movies I've all se- I've seen before, but I watched on the planet. Um, so the first movie, I'll, I'm going to read you the list and then you can ask me to, you can tell me how much you want me to tell you about each of those movies and okay. I'll do my best to give it a quick grade. Oh. Although that's going to be a struggle for me to do quickly. First movie I watched was operation fortune. It was Guy Ritchie movie starring Jason Statham and uh, what the hell's her name from Parks and Rec and uh, Josh Hartnett and other Ritchie people. Um, Then I watched Chevalier, which was that movie about that French. It was uh, right before the French Civil War. And um, Mm -hmm. it was a, a guy who was born to a nobleman and a slave mother. And he became like the best composer slash violinist of the time at that point, which is a heck of a story. I don't know how much of it is true or isn't true, but even if it's only 20% true, it's a hell of a story. Um, I watched Confess Fletch, which I don't know if you've seen any of the Fletch movies with Chevy Chase. This was the new one with John Hamm. I've never seen the original ones. Um, (laughs) And then I watched Renfield, which I know you have seen already. Oh, nice. Um, I hadn't seen it until then. Uh, that's silly, definitely a, silly nonsense. I can already tell you those two definitely scored higher because I watched them on an airplane. Not to say that they weren't yep. movies that were good or that I wouldn't enjoy them, but I almost certainly would not have enjoyed them as much if I watched them conventionally. Um, yep. And then the other movies I, I had seen at least once before was I got to rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for the first time. Um, okay. I watched 500 Days of Summer, which I've seen like one oh, wow. times before this but it's been a long yeah. time i know we've talked about that once or twice in the past um and so it was a funny feature on the flight over i had watched the first two movies and it was like i got a screen after it and it says the flight's not going to be that much longer but here's some things you can watch that'll be finished before you land and i was like oh that's kind of cool because it was like flight time was like an hour 35 and here's a couple of movies that are like an hour 30 or less and so i was like at that point i was like okay, I actually wouldn't mind trying to catch a couple more minutes of sleep here. So let me pick something I've seen before that's like yeah. going to be light and easy. And this way, if I fall asleep, I won't feel like I'm missing anything out. Orange County is like 80 minutes long. Perfect. Done. I love nice. that movie. I've seen it a million times like 20 years ago. I've seen it like once or twice since then. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. So I will. the floor is yours to tell me what you would like me to say on those list of movies I just told you. Um. I guess of that entire set, what was your favorite thing that you watched? My favorite? Um, I'd say probably Operation Fortune. That was a fun movie. Um, it's not The Gentleman. It's not as good as The Gentleman, but it's sure. very much... I, I found it to be closer to that than like the other ones. Like I feel like Snatch and Lockstock are darker movies than like the gentleman was overall. And this one's even mm-hmm. lighter than that, but yeah, there's still some stakes or whatever, but uh, I don't know. It's just a fun romp. It's a, it's a high school. Cool. It's, it's a, it's a good time. 
Yeah, I love that kind of film. That's, that's it was, a good it was, That also uh, is that's nice for a plane. Yeah. Also, weird um, Diane Kruger, but um, it was between the movie we're doing tonight and that movie. Twice I've seen Carrie Elways in movies that I didn't expect to see him in in recent vintage. <laughs> you uh, gotta, you gotta love the unexpected Carrie Elways. <laughs> yeah, she's I've barely been anything I've seen in like twenty years, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's in two brand new movies that were, you know, like kind of like big movies. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, the, he was in this one a lot more than he was in Mission Impossible. Krugering his way into our hearts. He kind of leads this crew that is comprised of Jason Statham and. Nice. Aubrey Plaza, that's her name. Um, and Josh Hartnett, and um, the one of the guy, uh, you know, the group of the toddlers from The Gentleman, the 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 one who's kind of the, gets the most screen time, the, the black guy, the, the fighter. Yeah, yeah. He gets a much bigger role in this. He's cool. Um, he's part of the crew, and I think there might have been at least one other person as part of it as well. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just a fun movie. It was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't nice. great, but it was, it was fun. Very cool. Um, that's awesome. I, uh, all right. So I'm going to start with a couple of shows that I okay. watched, uh, uh, that I've, that I've entirely watched. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, in a couple of maybe three or four consecutive nights, I believe, I think it was three consecutive nights. We watched the first and only current season of silo. Uh, it's one that's on my list. I want to get to it. Highly recommend for you. I it's, think you will it, it, really enjoy that show. It's funny because I saw like the initial review from like the first three episodes um, that my close personal friend Alan Seppenwald wrote. He was not thrilled by it, but I don't think he watched the whole rest of the season. Or if he did, he didn't write about it at the time that it came out because it came out a couple months ago. Which is interesting because I was hearing a bunch after... of people saying they liked it. Like like people like, oh, if you like sci-fi, like this is for you. So I don't know if he went back and watched it or not. I still haven't got a chance to start it, but it's on my list. I do want to see it. It's just kind of cool because you don't really start to follow the main character until the third or fourth episode. Okay, interesting. I feel like um, the way that it, it plays out, at least that's that's my vague recollection of the order. I watched it all in a compressed timeline, so I'm not really sure. Spo- but- spoiler alert, but I assume that that show and Dune are the reason that some things went down the way they did in this movie. <laughs> Wait, sorry, say that again? I'm trying to be vague, but I said, uh, don't like spoiler alert, but I assume that Silo and the... And the Dune movie are part of the reason why plot wise, some of the things happened in dead reckoning that happened. <laughs> I imagine there were scheduling conflicts and that's why things happened. Interesting. That's yeah. that was my theory. That was my theory when what happened happened. And I was like, Oh, that actor or actress uh, must have had a really busy schedule because I didn't yeah. anticipate them leaving the franchise. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yes, more on that. I, it took me a minute to piece it all together, but yeah, I was I, trying to be I vague. Agree. Apparently, I was too vague, even for someone who knew all the details. Yeah, I. You know what? I wasn't even making the connection between the movie that we had that we're doing today and that show uh, until that. And, well, anyway, um, very good, very good, like really strong mystery box. Like, yeah, what is happening here? But also, like, so many layers of it, and like, which of the mysteries am I most interested? in mm. and they seem to be chasing the one that i'm most interested in currently like at, throughout the show um there's a number of things to guess there's a number of things to theorize but i don't think until you've watched the whole thing that you can actually feel that you were correct about guessing any of them okay. it's a it's 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 the way that they lay out the story and the way that they do some of the jumping around um, they purposefully, I feel like 
obfuscate what's going on so that you can't you can't feel a hundred percent like you understand until you you get to the end and like by the end what ends up happening is you're you're basically opening a box to another mystery love like okay but what does that mean now and it but in a really good way not it didn't leave me feeling like well that wasn't a complete story it felt like one complete story and this world is just like it's going to be even more interesting going forward because they've they've at least i know they're doing at least another season um but it's very good i think you'll enjoy it and that was based Um, on a a book or a book series right yes i believe so um Um, it's funny at the beginning i had less than zero interest in apple and now i've gotten to a point where there are a bunch of shows that I want to watch on Apple that I don't have time to get to yet. Yeah. They and it's are, not like that's going to get easier for me with football season kicking off in a week. For sure. But uh, no, so far, I mean, I think there's maybe only one or two things on Apple TV that I abandoned. Like I'll, I've watched a little bit and then decided not to, but most heard, things that I, I watch, that. it's like 90% solid. I heard that was it that uh, was like World of Tomorrow or whatever the fuck that movie was that show was called. I heard that was kind of meh, but everything mm. else. I mean, Severance was incredible. Yeah. I still haven't finished it, but I've really enjoyed um, For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Lasso was obviously a sensation. I'm looking forward to this. I really want to watch the um, Foundation series. I just I didn't want to yep. start it until I had finished all the books. So I know yeah, that, that, that I'm excited to get back out, into. So. Um, and there's some, I think there's something else on there too that I was like, oh, I, I got to get to that, and I haven't gotten to it yet. So, um, well, sticking with Apple TV, then the next thing up that we watched all of was the Crowded Room. Uh, it is a ten episode uh, limited series starring Tom Holland. Oh, okay. Really, yeah. I, I I've heard like in passing, like randomly reading article, like bits of articles, and hearing opinions, like through like around the internet and I've heard like negative things towards it. I'm like, I'm not quite sure. I've heard, I've heard mixed. I've heard some people liked it. Some people had some problems with certain things. Um, oh, that's, so I don't know why that show just reminded me, but the other one I couldn't think of was, I still haven't gotten to it yet. The Taron Edgerton show that like really. Yeah. That looks, that looks interesting too. I've, it was like nominated for a bunch of Emmys and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. still haven't got a chance to watch that. I've heard really good things about that too. I'd like to check that out for sure. Um, but this, this was, I thought this was really well done. There's a, a very similar, it's like you're trying to figure things out um, early on and like trying to understand what's happening, why things are happening, who these people are. And you start to develop some theories, like by, I feel like the third or fourth episode, some pretty strong theories about like where it's going. And granted, this is based on um, an actual thing. So if you know about it, then, then it's not a mystery to you. I didn't oh, know I didn't know that it. this was based on a true story. And I, uh, I intentionally didn't look anything up on it because I like I liked to watch the thing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I was like figuring, piecing it together, starting to understand what's going on. Then getting to the point where I was like, well, okay, we're three, four episodes in. What seemed to be the thing that was going to be like a like a, like a shocking factor is all but confirmed. So, like, what are we doing next? And then the show transitions into like understanding like that thing that you have figured out. And I was like. This just went in a whole other direction that is just fantastic. <laughs> and there was a scene during that. Um, there's a it, Tom Holland is in the scene. It, it's a it's a it's a tight shot, and uh, his face is like mostly filling the frame, and he's not saying anything. And I went, "Whoa, Emmy!" 
Like there was a like, and I'll, I, when you if you get a chance to watch it, I'll explain why. Um, but I was like, that's you're a good actor. Like that was I was like that was really like you didn't say anything, and I understood what just happened. <laughs> that, was, that was it was very impressive, and I I just thought that it came together um, in a really cool way. The way I thought it was just well executed. It was very enjoyable. We couldn't wait to watch it. We were like. We started watching it. We're like, "Oh wow, this is this looks like it's been out for a bit." So we're like watching episode after episode after episode. Then we realized that it wasn't fully done, and we had caught up. So then we had to watch the next, like the final two or three episodes. We watched as they. That's released. actually kind of fun to do it that way, though. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, at first, I was like, "No," but then, uh, <laughs> then, then it was good. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna stick with shows for for the next for two more pieces, and then I have I have four movies. <laughs> so. Uh, did we talk about the bear at all last time? No. So it's funny. I'm going to actually take the wheel for two seconds. Yeah. So before my trip, it's like, okay, between the airplane, if I have some random time, I'm just sitting around. Let me crush some shows on my trip. I'm going to download. So I can watch on the plane and all that. Let me download the bear. Cause I haven't watched first or second season. Let me download the rest of the Witcher. Let me download righteous gemstones. Okay. Hulu does not let you download all of their shows, only I guess some of them, and that was not one of them. So uh, that idea. I downloaded The Witcher, downloaded Righteous Gemstones. I found out I had an in-seat like TV that yeah. I could watch anything. I was like, oh, there's a bunch of new movies I haven't seen. Let me take advantage of this because I'm sitting yeah. here anyway. Which is why I watch so many movies. Yeah. Um I also like I think at the end of my like the last trip too, I watched like two episodes of Family Guy because I was like wasn't enough time to watch a movie. <laughs> I was like, okay. When I was over there, there was one night where I was still up. Like, ever people were like asleep. We didn't have to be up early, and I was up and I was like having a drink or whatever. I was like, oh, let me like knock knock out an episode of uh, Rich Gemstones, even though I downloaded it on the HBO app. The HBO, sorry, Max rather, is not authorized to be used on the continent of Europe until mm-hmm. sometime in 2024. Because mm-hmm. I turned it on. And there was a picture of Bugs Bunny going on a vacation in the like, Hawaiian <laughs> church. And I was like, sorry, you can't watch anything on here. And I was like, but uh, I don't want to stream anything. Technically, like, I own it's on the phone. that thing. Yeah. Like, it's physically here. Yeah. Just let me watch. <laughs> so I yeah. watched nothing while it's I was over there. rights management's a bitch. <laughs> it is. And, like... I understand the whole thing with licensing and streaming and like all that sort of stuff. Like I get it, mm. but if I've had it downloaded already, fuck you. Uh, you know what? This is where I, I even tried like I, going like airplane mode, like turned off like the fucking um, Wi-Fi. Didn't matter. You needed to VPN, and you would have been okay. Yeah, I don't have one though. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I would have been impressed if you if you signed up for like a free trial of one of the VPN services and just connected back to the US. <laughs> Yeah, although who knows if that would even work while I'm over there. Like if I had it set up, it does. It does work. No, no, I meant like getting one set up while I was over there versus like having one. Oh, that's a good point. Before I went over, that that was my point. That's a good point. But yeah, Um, sorry. So anyway, I didn't watch any of that that stuff. Worked, but still, probably that's annoying. It was at night, and I was already drinking. I wasn't going to try and figure that out. Well, let me tell you then. The Bear is one of the best television shows I've ever watched. So, had you already watched the first season, or you watched both seasons? I watched both seasons. Okay. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into when we sat down. Well, we talked uh, about it before. I blinked my eyes and we were halfway through the season. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure 
pretty sure we talked about it in our last episode, like that. I mm-hmm. was really looking forward to seeing it. I just couldn't remember what you had said about it. So yeah, so we yeah, so we watched it. Um, it was it was absolutely incredible. The cast, the writing, it's just it's it's a perfect storm. Like I don't like they. Sometimes like I feel like you're watching something and you're even you're almost you're taken out of the immersion because you're like, how do they like how are they getting this so right? Like that was that's what kept happening while I watched that show. And then to make it even better. Oh, did you have interesting did you have interest? I mean, obviously, you know, the stakes are different and the relationship is different, whatever, but like you working at the pizzeria for all the time, like managing it, like did you have it a different perspective watching that show than like other people might? I think so. Okay. A little bit. There was definitely there were definitely things that felt like I was in it, like when like things certain things would come up or the way the way like uh, when tensions would get high, the way people would talk to each other, like things like that. Some of the the random problems that he had to deal with with deliveries, like these are things. Like I was like, this is like it's funny. It's also like you could tell like the research went in. Like, like, really, like, went in there. Were you, were you doing the thing where, like, ha this is funny, and then, like, it gets too real, and it's, like, the people... Yeah, like, we're having a little fun. Bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Uh, but what I really loved about it, and I feel the first and second season are, are starkly different. And oh, okay. the first season, and in hindsight, having watched both of them now, it almost feels like the first season was made as a prelude, like, after the fact, whereas, like, the second season feels like really what they, the story that they want to tell. Hmm. But they do a really great job of laying just incredible foundation with the first season that you think if that were how they were going to do things, great. It's fantastic. But then somehow they one up themselves with the second season where like it makes the first season feel complimentary to like this thing that is the real thing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how they pulled that off, but like. I, I you'll I think I'm hoping that you'll understand when you watch it. Like in now, is it having anything to do with I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I had seen something. Is it the second season is more ensemble than the first, right? Yes, it is. Is that, is that what a lot of it comes down to, or is there more than that? No, I think it's more about like the character, the lead character. I like. I feel like spends the entire season coming to grips with maybe understanding himself or like beginning to understanding himself. And then in the second season uses that. And like, I think that's where like now it's his story. I feel like, and, but like, but also we don't have to spend so much time on like building and understanding him anymore. So it allows time to spread to other characters that some characters will get their own one-off episode. And in, and one of them is maybe the best episode of the series, which is surprising considering the whole thing is so good that like the one tangential episode that takes one of these characters that normally irks the shit out of me. <laughs> but like we focus in on him for an entire episode and by the end of it, you're like rooting for him and you love him. It's just like, it's so well done. Is there something to this with like the Hulu effect? Because that was what we talked about with um, High Fidelity, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the same experience mm-hmm. where it was like the whole season was her show, and then they get the one episode with the friend, and it's like yeah, yeah, a lot more time with that character. That was really good. I forgot, I forgot about that show. I actually I, forgot I'm that I watched. Really that. upset that they canceled that and didn't do a second. Yeah, season. that was that was good. But um, yeah, I I'm I'm very excited that you get to watch it. I'm actually I'm, I'm I I could I could already rewatch it. I really wow, enjoy that it. quick. Yeah, yeah. I did that with that show, Lovesick. I rewatched that. Yeah, oh my god. Concurrently. Basically. Don't look a snake in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, final thing on shows. Uh, 
Kim and I have been watching Riverdale for years and yes. we got like, I think it was like two seasons ago. It was, it got so off the rails that we just dropped off. Really? And then ultimately we were like, you know what? We have nothing else to watch right now. Let's, we have the shows downloaded. Let's pick it up again. And we powered through the next like it, four episodes. It ended right. Didn't the, the and yeah, it did end. end yeah. And we got back on track and that season ended up being interesting. And then the next season ended up being like actually good. Um, and then the final season happened and it was, it took place like in the fifties and you're like, are we ever going to get back to the characters in the current day? And like two episodes before the finale, they're like, look, like, uh, like they explain everything, but they were like, no, we're basically like, this is the new, this is how things are now. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, and I, we, so we, we actually ended up catching up on the show and watching the finale when it aired, which was oh, cool. Again, okay. similar situation uh, that we were talking about before. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the emotional roller coaster that the final episode was going to take me on. I was like, you can't be doing this to me after all that nonsense that you did in the past two seasons. This can't, we can't get serious now. Are you like, <laughs> that's, that's not allowed. Uh, but it was, it was, it was good. It's a long it's a long series and the first like two thirds of it is really like is entertaining and good and consistent. Once they leave high school for the first time, it just goes off the rails mm. in very weird ways. Um, they, they, they brought it back for the finale, but um, I'm, it's definitely, it, it was, it was done seasons ago. They should have, they should have ended it with high school ending, but they didn't. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but like for how long, like how long the show is running with that being the case, you're probably right. Just yeah. like from the outside looking. So now I want to go into a couple movies. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go with the most recent one first. We, I think, two nights ago, we watched Nope. I still haven't gotten to that one yet. I really enjoyed it. It is like some. There's. I love when you're watching a movie and like you kind of just you get lost in it for a minute and like. It can be bizarre or wacky or off the wall. This movie is all of those things. And when the movie ends, you're like, man, I just went on a really entertaining ride. Like, that was fun. Like, it was weird and just so out there and, you know, sometimes creepy and sometimes really funny. But, like, you you were so, like, like, the, like a whatever it is, like an hour and a half passes by and you're just like, Wow, I was like really into that. <laughs> like that and yeah. it was, it was, it's just, it's really well done. I was worried after um, us because I didn't. That was the second one, right? I was like, yeah. I, I didn't. That one didn't quite land for me. It was fine. It was um, a movie I wanted to like more than I actually did. Yeah, but like Get Out was like incredible. Yeah, and then so it's a Get Out. Nope, us. That would be the ranking order. Um, but Nope is a, it's a very different kind of movie than Get Out. It's less of that like. Um, like cerebral, like twists, like it, it, it's less of there's like weird stuff going on, but for some reason, the subject matter makes it a little bit more fun and fantastical than, mm. um, than Get Out, where that Get Out I feel like leans a little bit more in the direction of horror, yeah. Uh, okay. but it's it's uh, it, it was good, it was really, it was a very entertaining watch, and like there's like this, like, very I know that there's probably a deeper meaning to it that I haven't thought of, like dug into myself and like to think about, but there's like this very interesting subplot and story that goes on that they like reflect on like this alternate, like this piece of history within that world that they keep going back to. 
and it's so outlandish. <laughs> and I was like, it's, it's a, uh, you'll have to watch it. And, and yeah, no, it's definitely one it. that I would like to get to. I just haven't yet. I, I did get to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, okay. That was fun. It was very yeah. entertaining. I'm um, sure we, I feel like we could, we could do that at some point too. Uh, I think, is it finally on some streaming? I'll rewatch it. I watched it on Prime, I think. Okay. Because I still yeah. haven't gotten a chance because it came out a week or two weeks before I left, but I didn't get to see Barbie or Oppenheimer yet. Neither have I, which is okay. a travesty. It is. Um, but uh, now I'm debating getting a new television for the new living room and updating the sound system with the new couch and maybe watching Oppenheimer there once it comes out because I don't know that I'm actually going to have... Like, we'll see if there's showings uh, still once we have the chance to go. But yeah. Um, now I'm gonna. Now there's three movies that I got into that were just a treat. I went on a '90s romp, and I watched. Kim and I watched. We watched. We watched all these movies together. But we watched a few Good Men. Fantastic. I had never seen it before. Oh really? I watched it for the first time probably like five years ago, and I've seen what it. An excellent movie. I've seen it in parts a couple times since then. But uh, yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's a it's a very good movie, but really that last like whatever it is, forty five minutes is yeah like, transcendent. Oh, I just I really enjoyed my time. I kept pausing it and being like, "This is really good," and then I would play. <laughs> I just like really enjoyed my time with it, uh, and I, I that's another one. Like I like I would happily watch that again, like right now. Like there yeah. was it was the performances are just wonderful it was on a few weeks um, ago and it was like right before it was like you know sunday night and like we had been watching something or whatever and it was like just oh, like just put something on and it was like literally like two minutes before the trial's about to start it was like oh couldn't be better time to put this on <laughs> yeah uh in in sticking with tom cruise uh we also watched the firm that is one of my favorite books of all time the movie is not an a great adaptation. It's it's a good movie, but the ending is in some ways so different than it was really? in the book that has always been a little hard for me to get past. Sure. I think I've more or less got past it at this point because enough of it is close enough. But uh, I mean it's a, it's a good movie. Um, I was going to say the, the It was a fantastic was book. I love the book. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it was just the movie is just fine and not it, like it's not bad, but it's just yeah. fine. And like it was the execution's a little clunky at times, but it's um I don't know. It's got the, there's, the, there's the something about that sequence, 90s movie that is so good. The whole chase sequence thing is interesting for the movie, but like it's not like at all really what happens or like the most mm-hmm. important part of the ending of the sure. book. It's there's a lot more into how he tricks all of them to implicate themselves that mm-hmm. is way more important and really interesting on the page. Maybe it wouldn't have been as interesting sure. on the screen. I don't know, but that's one of my favorite. Uh, there was, you know, I've, I've told you, right? Like I'll tend to like, I'll read a book and then I'll mm-hmm. read like quote unquote, like everything from that, that author. And so I yeah. read probably like 10 Grisham novels. Yeah. Like back to back. And that was like the second or third of them that I had read. So I think I, I the first one I've read, I think my dad just picked up like one of the, like the books like at the airport once. Not like in the top five or six of his most popular or famous mm-hmm. books. And I read it, it was like, oh, that was good, I like that. And then like I read A Time to Kill, 
and then I read Runaway Jury, and then I read The Firm, and then I read The Pelican Brief, and then I read The Rainmaker, and the- <laughs> so I was like, all of a sudden I've read like eight of his books, and it's like all of them were great, and like The Firm may have been my favorite one of them. Oh, nice. Okay, I would like to hear more about the differences. Um, but the two things on the firm first. One, very much did not expect to be uh, cameos of Saw and Hank Schrader. Wasn't didn't see that coming. Um, oh, sorry, you, you said Saw, and I thought, what's his name? Saw Guerrero. I was thinking, what's his name? Um, I can't. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, yeah, who's a very yeah. different person than um, <laughs> the guy from the Saw movie. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and not only not only the guy from Saw, but doesn't he have long hair in that? <laughs> yeah, long platinum hair. Long platinum hair because he's playing like the he's playing like the Norseman or whatever. Like, wasn't that like the name of like the character? Or I don't like even that? know what the character's or, name like, was. The, the Swede or the Norwegian or it's something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, that's a random one. Like, yeah, him and, and Dean Norris, the two of them playing that, as, like thug henchmen. That going by surprise. Now, uh, a bit of trivia: Is this the only movie with Chekhov's gymnastics? I forgot that there was a Chekhov's gymnastics. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the movie. <laughs> so bizarre. I was like, wait, he. So there's a scene in the movie for those of you who haven't seen it. Not a spoiler, uh, but. Uh, Tom Cruise is walking down the street with one of his lawyer buddies and their wives are talking and walking together nearby. And there's this little kid who's doing gymnastics on the street, uh, like panhandling or uh, busking, uh, doing gymnastics on the street. Busking. And he's, uh, he does, he does a bunch of flips in one direction. And he's about to go in the other direction and out of nowhere. And I mean, nowhere. Tom Cruise follows the exact same routine and does these flips and cartwheels down the street. And I went, what in the world just happened? That's going to come into play later, isn't it? That's that's That was the exact thought process. I went on this like weird curve and then sure enough, no, that's fair. At, the, at, at the very end during the chase sequence, it was the, it was the way that he got out of it. <laughs> it's true. In retrospect, fantastic cast, right? Because like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, it's, it's Tom Cruise. It's Gene Hackman. But like, yeah, the guy from Saw and Dean Norris, like playing like smaller roles. You've got um, the Buse. Yeah, Gary Busey and what's her <laughs> name? The the his secretary. Um, wasn't she the one from? Um, what wasn't she the one from um, the Batman Superman movie? Um, the the senator or whatever wasn't that her or is it someone was it someone else? Um. The Batman Superman movie. Yeah. Oh movie. yeah, it is her. It is her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't think of I know her what name. You're talking about. She, her, her most famous actual role is probably she. She was the voice of the the mother in The Incredibles. Um, mm-hmm. I totally forget her name, but uh, and uh, G- Jeannie Triplehorn's Tom Cruise's wife, and um, I forget the name of the guy who's like the the older like the partner at the company, and Wilford yeah. Brimley playing the menacing. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever pegged him for playing a menacing security yeah. like consultant guy like that. He was he was such a piece of shit in that. But like who fantastic. was who was in the driver's seat during that, that performance though? Him or his mustache? Yes. <laughs> it, it should it should be like security like head of security in the credits rolling like head of security over Brimley's mustache. <laughs> or at least 
can we get like in like the the, the, the crew like you know Mr. Brimley's assistant Mr. Brimley's mustache mustache assistant. waxer <laughs> yeah um, was well, I think was, his his brother was that David Strathern too? Like he's like a really good actor. Yeah, I don't know his name, but yes, he's he was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just it's a weirdly good cast for the like all all, the, all of those Grisham movies that they made have really good casts actually. Well, funny you should say that because the third and final movie of this of this ninety series that I watched was The Rainmaker. Okay. Uh, which oh, was that excellent. the first time you saw that? That's one of yeah. the lower key ones. I, I watched that not too long ago, actually. Probably the Rainmaker was excellent. Probably two or three weeks before I went to Italy, I watched that. I've seen it before, but uh, that that's a good movie. I, I I like that. Very heavy. It's not as like sensationally good as like A Time to Kill or The Firm or Runaway Jury. Like those are spectacular books. Mm-hmm. The Rainmaker is a little lesser than those, but I really enjoyed it. Is yes, yeah, as sad as it as it can be. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's a really good story. And that movie was a really good adaptation actually. So it's really funny. We watched the rainmaker first and we watched the firm like a few days later. Now this wasn't, and like we weren't intentionally watching Grisham movies. We didn't actually know. My dad had brought both of those movies up in the past week because we as soon as you started watching else. it, you had to realize it was, well, <laughs> the music started. I was like, did I put the wrong movie on? Did I put, it's the same. These are the same sounds from that movie we watched a few days ago, and then it was like a lawyer in Memphis. I was like, "Is this, is this the Rainmaker too? What is every, happening right now?" <laughs> every, every one of his books are about either a lawyer in Memphis or a lawyer in Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> Sorry, like like eighty percent of his books. Well, because he went to Mrs. He went to Ole Miss. Like yeah, like the, sure. he was a lawyer who went to Ole Miss. So like that's all his books are that. So if you liked if you like those two, you should and if if you've never seen it, you should watch A Time to Kill, because that's really good too. And that is Morgan Freeman in that? <laughs> or I think about something else. No, that's Matthew McConaughey is the lead. Um it's Sandra Bullock, uh Donald Sutherland, Keith Kiefer Sutherland, Samuel Jackson. Um A Time to Kill. Hang on a sec. I'm gonna add it to my letterbox. If you like the other Grisham movies, you definitely should see that one. That's right. probably the best of the movies, it's probably the best of the books Sorry. too. I'm not do saying I, what, I want the Jill Schumacher one from 1996, or do I want the 1955 one? Not the 1955 one. The book <laughs> came out in like 1990, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the 96 one with Matthew McConaughey is the one you want. All right, adding it to the list. Yeah, that that one that one is probably the best book and the best movie yeah i'm not to say my favorite but like the objectively best one of them that's probably it cool sweet that one's Um, also really heavy um but it's oh yeah it's really it's really really good i mean all of them have their kind of darkness to them like you don't have really good courtroom drama if there isn't something terrible that's happened um the Rainmaker sure. is is really good. Uh, the interplay between Damon and, and Danny DeVito is really good. It's a, a really odd, unexpected pairing. Mm-hmm. The two of them are really good together. Um, I I actually really like um, Danny Glover as the judge for some reason. He's I great. I love how he plays that character. It's such an interesting character. We're so used to judges that are total pricks or that mm-hmm. really lean one side or the other. And he is hard-nosed but he's very fair. Yeah. Right. Which is like, I, cause I always think of like the, obviously the courtroom drama movie. I like that I've seen the most of is 
uh, my cousin Vinny. And he's so totally slanted to the prosecution side in that. Um, or even like you said, you just watched, uh, what is it with you in the courtroom dramas? Uh, <laughs> you watched um, a few good men mm-hmm. and he's like, the judge is actually pretty fair for the most part, but he's really kind of a prick. I mean, like yes. it's just like, he's really standing on the ceremony, which judges are already going to do that to begin with. And then like a military judge. And when you consider the, the severity of like the, like what the trial is about, it's, it's, it is somewhat understanding. I like Danny Glover because He's got a personality, his character, but he doesn't, he's not over the top. He is very fair to both sides, the prosecution and the defense. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, well, actually, sorry, it's not the prosecution. It's the, you know, whatever, the the plaintiff and the, and the defense in this case. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's an interesting character. It's an interesting performance. I actually really liked yeah. that. In, no, in it, it really, it is. It's, an, it's a really strong performance. And like you said, like, at no point do you question his integrity because yes. he is right. But like he, as opposed tell, to the first judge in the movie who is very right, clearly, which was, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, but what I think one of my favorite lines of like, or like one of my favorite exchanges and I, honestly, maybe the best part about it is like, it kind of is subtle and then doesn't get resolved. Um, he hints to Matt Damon's character that there is something that he can object to. It's yes. just not that, yes. <laughs> and but he doesn't get it, which because, I think is be, funny. because he's trying to not only be fair to all sides of the trial, but he he's also trying to kind of sort of help mentor he's him, like but realize he can't interfere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I can give you a hint that there's something here that you're missing. I just can't tell you what it is because that will be played as I'm siding with you. Right. It's a really interesting kind of, of a nuanced performance, which is an unexpected. I, I feel yeah. like for, from that, that was really it's really strong. I that love might, that. That movie might be my favorite John Voight performance. He's such an asshole in that. He movie. is, but it's it's good. Like it's a really good role. Um, unexpected turn from what's his name at the end? The guy from Jaws. Um, I can't think of his name. Oh he's yeah, the, yeah. The president of the company didn't um, that didn't connect for me until you just said that. But yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was yeah. obviously you know whatever thirty years older, but like sure not 30, 20 years older, but um. Yeah, I, I just can't think of his name right now. But he—it was an unexpected cameo from from him in that uh, that whole thing. Um, I I don't know why it, the way that John, John Voight does not have a southern accent, but his southern accent kind of cracks me up in in, mm-hmm. the, in the movie. It's not a bad one. It's just it's entertaining to me. It's like halfway there. Yeah, um, but there's a particular line, like just the disdain and the like so over itness of how he delivers it. Where Your Honor. Objection. Stolen work papers. We've already covered this. Yeah. <laughs> that line for some reason like lives rent free in my head. I'll always remember yeah. that. It's not an important line, really. It's not something that's like good for reference, but like that yeah. line just is like stuck in my head for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh man. I well anyway, I really I I've really enjoyed my time with all of the movies and stuff that I've watched uh, over the past few weeks, but um those movies have been a nice, a nice escape, and obviously we'll we'll get into one more that I've watched. Actually, before we do though, uh, I did start. I threw on the first Mission Impossible. Hmm. I didn't get through all of it because I've seen it a bunch of times, and I was just putting it on while I was doing stuff. Uh, I got sucked into the to the first like thirty minutes though, because it's like really well done. The like the intro of that movie and. The thing that really caught What's me by the, surprise... The way Emilio Estevez's death stuck with me for a long time. The first yeah, time. same. Same. 
Um, the way John Voight, when he gets the, uh, when the, the flight attendant comes to him and asks him if he wants to watch a movie and he says no. And then she like says something else. And he's like, well, how about you pick one for me? Cause he realizes what's going on. And she hands him the tape and he listens to the mission and he says, it says the tape's going to self-destruct in five seconds, right? There is so, it is so subtle and so like, so natural and casual the way that he does it. But the way that he, when it's a, the tape's going to self-destruct in five minutes, the way he just like slowly reaches into his pocket and grabs a lighter and he lights a cigarette and the sp- smoke puffs from the tape. And I was like, wow like i never know like i just never like was really watching i don't think and like i just saw how like perfectly timed that like that scene is and i was like you really like good on you director like because like that is like that was really brian de palma he's a fantastic director (laughs) yeah it's just like i don't know that that scene i was just like i couldn't stop thinking about it for like for the next week i was like that was just like there was such attention to detail in that one little moment that makes it so realistic yeah. and like, so it makes his character look so suave. Yeah. Right. I was like, that was, I, that was cool. So speaking of Brian De Palma, I watched like half an hour of the untouchables the other night. So, I mean, hmm. yeah, he, he gets it right. <laughs> I still need to dig into more of his like other catalog. I know I've, I've been missing out probably, but uh, it's funny. I, I watched before seeing dead reckoning. I rewatched, Rogue Nation and Fallout like the week or two before. So actually, nice. ho- hopefully I'll actually remember most of this movie and don't blur it with those because I did watch them <laughs> in the, the two weeks like, yeah. preceding it. I'll try to help with that. But uh, yeah. with that being said, I think it's time for our flick of the week. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Released in 2023, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. 164 minute runtime. Your IMDb, no, actually, I'm now using Letterboxd during these calls. So your Letterboxd, <laughs> I mean, they're all sourced from the same place, but your Letterboxd synopsis. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team embark on their most dangerous mission yet to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, the dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. Uh, I would argue that the that is completely contrary to what his take is <laughs> that's um that's what the press thing is i'm gonna read you the md b1 because this is much more succinct and accurate hmm. ethan hunt and his imf team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls in the wrong hands that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair that's uh that's that's better i was gonna say that's um uh a, a pretty sure recurring point in this movie was that i will not <laughs> Let my friends die. <laughs> uh, you well, want to? Mm, well, that, <laughs> best laid plans and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you want to give us your uh, your toot length? Impossible, huh? To fully grade until part two arrives, much in the same way Infinity War was, but a solid and action packed, if long, entry to the canon with surprising emotional beats. Seven out of ten. Cool. I uh, I actually completely forgot. They, it used to have impossible an exclamation point after impossible, right? I don't. Some I don't of the believe, previous films. I don't believe so. I thought I it did. 
They, I'm thinking of something else. They've all had colons. Am I? There's mission colon impossible. Yes. Yeah. It's a weird place for a colon. I mean, I get it. Well, it's um, like as if you're reading it off. They like used to it. not have subtitles and all that too. Yes. But yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, while it stumbles out of the gate with clunky exposition, Dead Reckoning ultimately finds its footing and fabulously sticks the landing. A purely entertaining trip to the cinema, 8 out of 10. Okay. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I definitely was concerned when the movie started off. I was like, <clears throat> we're talking an awful lot right now about what this thing is. And then I was like, okay, cool. We're getting into it. This is we're, definitely we're, the- we're saying the same thing again an awful lot right now. Why are we doing Lord of the Rings beginning? This, this, this is <laughs> we're doing the Dune thing. This is definitely the most exposition-heavy beginning to one of their movies because yeah. they've always relied on exposition for portions of the movies, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like when anytime you're going to do like we're gonna have a big long chase scene for twenty minutes, you need to pause and let everyone know. Hey, remember this is what we're actually doing. Right, that, right. that was a lot of fun, but like we gotta. Going to recenter you to the plot yeah. because you probably forgot what the movie's about at this point. Tighten, tighten it up. But I, I think the thing that took me by surprise, though, was I felt that within the first five minutes of explanation, I was like, okay, I'm on board. I see where we're going. And then they kept like going. And I was like, wait, am I, am I not, am I not getting this? Is this more complicated than I think it is? But it's not more complicated. They just didn't think you were listening the first time. I think I w- that's what. I also wondered if it was an editing thing where like they shot a was. lot of movie and like, in the script, those scenes were separated by more time. I, I have a theory that the entire opening with the submarine might not have been the original opening. Probably not. And the exposition that follows within the like the room, when they're in the room, like all yeah. of the powers that be, the carry always and, and whatnot. Um, I think that was probably the original explanation of things because it, it, literally they said the same things. Yes. And I was like, I... Uh, I don't, I don't understand what's happening right now. You want to, you want to know a fun detail about me watching this movie? Sure. That whole scene in the room, I was playing a game. Now, you know, the, those games, like we have like the, the name version, right? Is it, is it Dylan McDermott or is it Dermot Mulroney? Yeah. Right? And you know, you have other games like, you know, the game that I've played for a long time. Is that Julianne Moore or is it Jodie Foster? I don't remember. Which one is it? <laughs> they both played Clarice Starling. <laughs> Oh, um, so during that scene, I played a Who's fun that? game. I played a fun <laughs> game of is this Carrie Elways or is it Matthew Modine? <laughs> You're no longer like watching the movie. You're yes, I, like... was, I was like, God damn it! It's one of those two guys, and I can't remember which one this is. And the problem is, the entire problem is, I don't remember ever seeing Carrie Elways wear glasses before in his life, and the last time that I saw Matthew Modine, he was wearing glasses in The Dark Knight Rises. So, to me, they looked exactly alike in the, that scene. By the end of the scene, I had settled upon, this is definitely Carrie Elway's. But for like five minutes, I could not tell which one it was. That's amazing. I, <laughs> yeah, I am... Um, I'm pulling up a picture of him just so that I can... Like, I want to pull back You got a picture of Carrie Elway's from Mission Impossible Re- Dead Reckoning, and you need to pick up yeah. Matthew Modine from The Dark Knight Rises, and I'm, I'm not totally crazy, right? Like, they look enough alike that if you haven't seen either I, of them... W- w- honestly, without the... with Yeah, no, they... That's <laughs> really funny. Especially in The Dark Knight Rises. Yes! Wow. That is... <laughs> who is this? Because I haven't seen either of them in a movie in at least ten years, so, like, I... That's it, It's not funny. like it's fresh in my mind. Right. Ca- Carrie always, in my mind's eye, 
is from like 1992. So yeah. like, he doesn't look the same. It's 30 right. years later. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he looks pretty close. Sure, but like again, I don't recall him ever wearing glasses. Like he, when he's the Dread Pirate Roberts, he wore a face mask, not glasses. Yeah. <laughs> as Robin Hood, he's not wearing glasses. As the guy with the claw, he's not wearing glasses. Right. Those movies are all within like a five year span. That's what he looks like in my mind's eye, not what he looked like in this movie. Which mainly the only difference is that his face is slightly fuller and wore glasses. That being said. <laughs> I was not confused. I definitely knew it was not Matthew Modine in Operation Fortune. <laughs> so, all right. So we get the opening sequence with the submarine and um, very, very intense, yes. really well done sequence, right? Yes. Like I, uh, I especially I, I love like sub shit. Like I, we've talked about it a million times. Like I love watching or sorry, reading like the, the Tom Clancy novels. Italian subs. Roast beef subs. You know, I had a couple of really <laughs> good sandwiches for either breakfast or lunch in Italy. Like we talked about it like very briefly, but there was this cafe around the corner where we were staying in Venezia where like I had like a cold cut sandwich for breakfast and it was delightful. Mm. But anyway, um, no, like all the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan, there was a bunch of those books in the Cold War with the subs. And like that is extremely my shit. So watching yeah. a scene like this, seeing the modern day technological version of what that was represented on the page and how pulse pounding that could be where there is two subs hunting each other actively firing torpedoes at each other across like 20 pages. Like that is sustained yeah. suspense and tension and watching that happen frenetically on screen. Like that's what I get me. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was really like, I, I definitely, like, I was like, I was squeezing the armrest. Yeah. I was like, what's going to happen? Um, and then I had an, I anticipated what was going to happen and showed up. Um, yes. I was right. But what I, and this is part of the reason why I think that that sequence was meant for later or for another point or some, maybe even from some like break in the middle of the movie um, is it took me, it was taking me a while to wrap my head around it. The, Entity is on the submarine, right? I think so. Okay, <laughs> like I, I was, I couldn't. That's how I understood it, and I understood that they knew they had it and were using it, but it 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 attacked itself to get free they un- of them. They, they underestimated its ability to break free of whatever shackles they had on it. They right, it was but but they use. but they knew they had it. Yes, they okay. did it. They used it on purpose. It was meant to be a single use, and right. instead it breaks free and it becomes sentient. And thus, right, they were, they were testing that they could get close to every single like strong world power in the wa- in the water, right? Like, and go like right by without being noticed. Yeah, and then ultimately they were like, "Oh, this like it it's detecting this." Well, okay, cool. All right, so I I'm, I I was on. I was making sure that I got that right, and that yeah. I okay, cool. Um, and then I was started to second guess it based on because they retry, they like tried to re-explain what it was, and I was like, wait a second, did I not get that? Was in in retrospect, what I wonder is, did they plan to open with the Carrielway scene, mm-hmm. and then somewhere down the line, flash back to what actually happened, and then that scene was shot to be a flashback, and they decided, 
no, this is much better as a cold open. I think I do think that that's what it was because if you if you play out the the opening uh, the Carrie Elway stuff as the opening sequence, that would have also been really cool, but it wouldn't have had quite the punch. And also, they always they always open with some sort of action scene. So yeah, well, but no, but he does. He comes in and blows up. You know, sure, right? It it would have been the first time they open in like meetings, not in the midst of right something. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I do feel like that it that it was something along the lines, and I feel like that's why the opening was disconnected. But like, like I said, I I was getting worried after that. Those two sequences like went back to back, and then the third sequence was uh, trying to find Rebecca Ferguson's character, uh, and I was like, what What are we doing right now? Like, we are we are bouncing all over the place, and I couldn't keep track of what was happening. And then because well, between, shot- between these two movies, it's going to be like six hours worth of movie. Yeah. And they probably shot seven hours worth of movie. Yeah. So there is bloat here. Yeah. Uh, but at the same token, and like, obviously, like I said, my, micro- my, my recollection is a smidge hazy. I, what would they really cut? Like you, you could. I don't I, think that I don't think they needed to cut any yeah. of it. I do think that they needed to reorganize those sequences. Uh, yeah, mostly at the beginning, like you said. But like mm-hmm. you, like you could always make an argument when a movie's this long to tighten a scene mm-hmm. or two. But they couldn't really cut any of these sequences. I almost would have went with. I would have been like, "Yo, just push it to over three hours a little bit, and just can like hide some of these seams mm. because they're too. They were. But just too I, jumpy. I do think that largely. After he saves her, it's. What was that scene before or after the Carrielli scene? After, because um, they send him after her in the. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. What's his name? The guy from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what the hell is his name again? Something with a K? Hang on. I think I have, a, I have the call sheet open. Call yeah. sheet, new app? Pretty great. Kittredge. Kittredge, yep. Um, oh, my God. How are you going to get out of here? Uh, everybody's looking for you. And when he puts on Kittress's face, I was like, that was such a pro move. <laughs> and, 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 and the best part about it is he's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got me. <laughs> but but after, he, after he finds her, I don't feel like there's really any issues with the seams or nope. pressing movie, The movie, it just, that's what I, what I was saying. Like, it stumbles out of the gate. That, but that's a good, it's a good 20, 30 minutes of movie. Yeah. And then, but then... It is smooth sailing the rest of the way, and I'm I. There's no more confusion for me. Like I'm just in it, and I'm watching it, and I'm having fun, um, which is great. Uh, I will say it was really funny. So it was just me and my dad at the movie theater. We went at we went to a nine fifty showing, and it was mm. it's a close to three hour movie. Um, mm. Yeah, it was it was late, but that was the only available time because it was only playing two slots, and one is in the middle of the day, and I can't do that. We had a similar <laughs> so, thing because I went to see it. I think I just saw it with my dad and my mom. Um, and we were doing the same thing. We looked at like four different movie theaters. Cause there was like one that was like 10 minutes away. One that's like 20 minutes away. And then there's like two that are like 35 minutes away. And we were trying to find what is the way that we can go see this movie and not be home at like 1230. Like, you know, like yeah. what is the way that we can see it and like be in the theater, watch it, be home. And it's not like already the next day. I think I was finally settled in bed at like a quarter to two. Yeah, that sounds right. No, we was, we finally found one, you know, that we're like, okay, like this is going to work. We'll be able to like eat dinner quick, go, boom, done, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> uh, so, okay. So he goes to get 
um, Rebecca Ferguson, who I don't, I, I have a hard time with. I don't even know. I don't know what her character name is. I do. I, I will Ilsa never Fast. forget. Uh, okay, great. I will never forget. What was it like? I, I don't know which, which number movie it was, but being like, wait a second. Those are two different people. Like the, the, there's, there, was, there were the two female leads in the movie that like, I like, they looked so similar to me. And this one? No, okay. I think it was like three movies ago or four movies ago. I don't even remember, but I think it was her and um, I can't. I can't remember the other uh, actress's name. Um, anyway, she doesn't look like anyone else in the movies, does she? I'll, I will. I will find. She, it. This is I, the third movie she was in, so it was either Rogue Nation or Fallout. Must have been. The, I think like it was the first, maybe the first of those three. Rogue Nation. I thought it was the third movie, but that would that was a while ago. So no, she's only been in these two. Yeah. Anyway, regardless. This was fine this time. You didn't um, think she looked like Michelle Monaghan, did you? Maybe she was the one from the third one that was his wife. Yeah, or... yeah. I think it, well, I think there was a there was a fallout. They're both in the movie. A length of time where I was like, wait, which character is this? Because I I I, I was just seeing the same person. It was I was that's it's my Dylan McDermott Dermot Mulroney. It's, it's you know what it is. <laughs> the, the, so the the shape of their face is not remotely the same. The shape of their eyes is similar. I think. Uh huh. And they both are brunettes. Yes. But the shape of their face is not similar. They were wearing masks? No. Was one of them wearing a mask? No, I don't believe so. Alright. I have to get I'll have to re- I have to rewatch the Mission Impossible <laughs> movies anyway. I'll let you know if I come across it again. Ultimately, what came down uh, the, the point about being I was there with my dad, there was only there was like uh, not only two other people in the movie theater. Um let me point this out. You know what movie theater I go to. It is assigned seating. Yep. All right. I generally pick two seats on the end. I feel a little bit, for whatever reason, um, I, while I would love to be dead center, I feel a little bit more per, like just safe and comfortable on the end. It's just a... It, for, it, for some things, I like that. But for a movie, I'd rather be closer to the middle. Like, well, it depends. If I'm... It depends on what movie and, and what the situation is. If it's empty, I'd rather be in the middle. If it's full, I'd rather be on the end. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, I'm very familiar with the movie theater because we sat in the middle of another empty theater and had one guy sitting between the two behind the right. two. <laughs> right. So here's my point: is we were like, you know, we were weren't dead center like row wise, and we were on the end, and there's only two other people in the movie theater, and they were in our fucking row, and I bought the tickets first because there were no seats taken when I bought the tickets, but yeah, like sure. by like even one row up. Yeah, like, why not be I, one row up or one row back? Dead what center? is like? What is? I just feel like what is? I know it's a silly thing to get hung up on. Those. What is wrong with you? Anyway, um, I feel like my dad takes that as uh, uh, a pass to be like he could just talk during the movie now because <laughs> there's, there's nobody there, uh, which was which was funny sometimes, and other times it was like, shh, shh, shh. and <laughs> but it was the scene that he goes to save uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character. Or meet her before the other people get to her, whatever it is, in the sandstorm. Which really, all that scene was about was like, let's do a sandstorm scene. Like, that's all it was. Um, Yeah. But then she, (laughs) then she dots, then she like gets shot, uh, or or seemingly gets shot, and she falls over. And he goes, nah, they're not going to kill her, are they? I was like, like, dad, I was like, you first off, I went, first off, I was like, shh. I was like, no. I was like, she's not dead. They wouldn't do that this early in the movie. They wouldn't do. I don't Crucial. think they would do that at all. Right? Crucial context. Yeah. 
they would do the viscerally in the movie. And also, when a main character dies, it happens on screen. Like, she was just dead when they panned back over. It's not, she's not dead. And I was like, it's fine. And then she just gets back up. <laughs> Color me surprised when an hour and 15 minutes later, <laughs> she was stabbed in the heart. And I was like, oh. <laughs> also, I cannot 100% confirm, but I'm pretty sure I walked over that bridge in Venezia where she got killed. Uh, they, I was, I was going to say the same thing, but they, a lot of them do look very, very similar. No, I know. I walked over a lot of bridges, and I was like, no, this wasn't it. <laughs> no, this wasn't it. This one might have been it. <laughs> this might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a that that fight. I mean, I know we're jumping around a bit, but that fight sequence on the bridge was pretty cool. It was the sword. And Sorry, I, didn't, I just the sword you, and knife. You, you brought it up, and like I yep. was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, I'll save it till like the actual movie talk. Like someone like <laughs> listens to the episode and then like pauses here because they haven't watched the movie yet or whatever. You know, I didn't want yeah. to say it before. So, By the way, what we were saying earlier, since we're even this, and we're talking about the fact that she got killed off yeah. when she died, I was like, oh wow, I guess Dune and Silo really. Filled up her schedule. And she, <laughs> she needed to get out of this series. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you know they had to superimpose a mustache on her? Um, <laughs> they- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's such a stupid thing. Anyway, uh, getting back. But like he's like, like we were talking about, though, after that sequence, we're back on track. Um, he gets her to run away. Is that what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, cool. Um, I love, I think my favorite character in the Mission Impossible series is Benji. I mean, historically, my favorite character has always been Luther, but I've grown to love Lu- Benji as well. Yeah. Well, but Luther's, like, I feel like has always been there, right? With the exception of the fact that he was only in the final 90 seconds of Ghost Protocol, yes. Yeah. And, like, always love Luther, but, yeah, ben, the heat, Benji, I, just, I also, I just love Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah. Um, but his character and his, like, I feel like he is uh, a, a more accurate representation of how, like, most of us would react if we were in the scenario. That he, like, he's absolutely terrified all the time. And I think that's great. Yeah, continues <laughs> to insist that he should be a field agent. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's so funny because he's like not actually very good as a field agent. Like he's kind of a liability as a field agent. Mm-hmm. He is better as the man in the chair, but yeah, he has the training and he wants to be there for Ethan. And so, yeah. I, like, I applaud his loyalty, but he's not actually very good. Like he's gotten captured mm-hmm. like a couple of times, and like sometimes Ethan has to like divert to go save him <laughs> so he doesn't die and. You have to pick the lesser assignments for him to do, and, like, sometimes maybe there's got to be someone better to do that job. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's just so funny. Um, One thing that I I really appreciated about this, so, like, artificial intelligence as as the evil of, like, a movie plot has been done to death, and it's fine. Like, I I enjoy plenty of movies with AI issues and AI rising up and all this stuff. Great, great stuff. There's, like, really... There is some really awesome material out there. I found that this was the first thing that like, I feel like really like lingered in this early stage of it though, which I think I appreciated more. Like what do you mean? it's that like, it's like kind of it's first takeover happened on screen, presumably in the submarine and we're watching it like learn and grow and adapt 
in the shadows throughout the movie. Like, and it's like this imposing entity that is super nebulous and like, you don't quite understand it or where it is or what it can do. But like, you're like, it's learning and it's growing and it's getting more powerful. And you're seeing that happen versus like something like the Terminator, like it's already there or we'll hint at it, but then we're going to like really just like, blast through the next like phases of evolution and skip right to where it's like super like dangerous. Yeah. Watching um, the evolution of that character. Cause it's like, it's its own character. Essentially, yeah. Right. Is, is interesting. I also appreciated the ways in which they tried to show how it changed the game and, and we're pretty consistent, not a hundred percent, but we're pretty consistent with it where once they learn, not only can it just affect different technology in different ways. Like the fact that it can literally turn their own best weapons against it. The fact mm-hmm. that it can fake their voices, the thing that they've yeah. used against enemies all these times. And now it's being used against them in a way that they really should have learned the lesson the first time. And yet still kind of fall for it a couple of more times after that. Um, which I guess is also meant to show like the idea of human error or whatever, but sure. Um, and also the idea that they have to now go to low grade tech, like which is like tying a hand behind their back like that whole thing was was a, a cool way to to do all this, and it's not like in a in a lesser movie. I would have assumed that that was done so that they could save money on the budget. That's mm. certainly not a concern here, right? <laughs> so um, I actually appreciated that they wrote that into the story that way to give them um, some hurdles to jump over. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, that that was it was cool. Um, but yeah, like 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 you said, you think they'd learned their lesson even. Even before learning, like it just it does feel like something that Luther and Benji would have thought about before even powering on a computer for this mission, yeah. right? Like I feel like they would it would have crossed their mind yes. to be a curious like, and then like when they were all shocked that the machine like blew up that fabricates faces, I'm like, are we that surprised? <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest, I was a little surprised that one because you could have convinced me that that wasn't connected to a network that it was a local. Sure. You know. You you could have, but they didn't do anything to say that. And they it, did, it they blew up. Any... And I was like, well, okay. If you're not going to explain that it shouldn't have happened, then here's why it happened. Let yeah. me explain. <laughs> well, but the idea of it cloning, like, their voices and, like, being able to, like, misdirect them and all that. like That was cool. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Uh, the one thing that I was, again, well, talking about, like, you know, they keep getting um, sidelined by this machine. Uh, the thing that really, really surprised me, uh, didn't turn out to be an issue at all, was Benji getting into a self-driving car. Oh, yeah. And without a second thought, <laughs> it gets into the passenger seat instead so that he can work on his also internet-connected computer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is... I was like, this is this is a this is a mistake. Like, Benji's gonna die now, like, because yeah. that's what we're doing here. But uh, no, he was fine. Now, what if Luther was driving it on that thing from Tomorrow Never Dies, where he's looking at the uh, <laughs> the computer screen driving the car? Well, we don't know where Luther was, so that's it could very well be that that's he's what working he was doing. very hard on an air gapped computer somewhere. I somewhere. feel like Luther no like figured it out, and he's just getting uh, like some scuba gear, and <laughs> he's like, "Look, I I can't tell you because it can hear us." I'm just going to go get it. <laughs> the next movie starts with him just like surfacing out of the water. And they're like, Luther, where, where did you come from? And he's just like, pulling off the scuba guy. Hey, I got the thing guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's cool. I did another sequence that I really appreciated. Um, what's her, uh, 
Haley Atwell. Is that her yes. name? Um, what's the character's name? That I couldn't tell you. All right. Well, Haley Atwell's character on, coming into the fold. I the Grace. I liked Grace. I liked the I liked that character. Like and the um, it's like this this like whole curveball effect, right? Like they they have this plan, they're doing this thing. The guy gets pickpocketed, and it's like. Oh no! Like a wrench has been thrown into the gears, but like the fact that the whole thing is orchestrated by the machine is really cool, and um, with their understanding of that later on. But what I really loved was how it ended up with like Grace and Luther and Benji and Ethan all in that room, and like we're like you know we're offering you the choice, like the choice that we all were given, and like I loved that little um, peek into their background. That like it was, it was very Night's Watch. Uh, it was awesome. It was it was so cool, and uh, and then also like just this this weird um, frenemy thing that they've got going on with Kittredge. Like yes. I, I, it's it's like there's like a, a certain level of um, like you're bad, but you also have the information. <laughs> and um, I see. I mean, maybe maybe much worse than we than we thought. Who like it's hard to say. I mean, granted, they're just one of the many world powers that are going after this machine. Yeah. It's still very confusing. Whose machine is it? Who made it? Did we make it? Did the U.S. make it? Uh, I or did the Russians so. make it? I it was- thought. I thought the whole thing was that the U.S. made it, or someone whatever like made it and used it against the Russians. And then it backfired on everyone. Okay. But I could be wrong. Yeah. That, I'd have to that, see it again to be. That's to that's kind of how I understood it, especially when it's, it seems that like Carrie always knows where it is. Yes. Right? Okay. Well, not only that, but knows the backstory as to like how it got on the ship and what went wrong. Because he's the right. only one who knows that. Yeah. You're the only one. I'm the only one. Slice. <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, well that, that's one of those ones that's really tough, right? That question. What is what is what does the other person want? Do they want to know that there's someone out there and killing you is the wrong thing, or do they want to know that you're the only person they can trust and go through? It, right? right, like it's a it's a it's, it's a, a hell of a gambit, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the catcher's thing is interesting. It was interesting bringing him back into the fold. How much screen time he had? I was a little surprised actually. I didn't think he'd be that important to the movie. Um, I liked that, even though he's hunting them down because he brought Ethan in, but also he's. It's such a weird, like, sequence that he like sets up there, right? Where he brings him in, but is also yep. actively telling him like I'm hunting you down. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's it's odd, but the idea of him respecting, like you said, the whole thing about telling her about the recruitment thing, the idea of him respecting that and trying to make use of her rather than just be like, no, I'm just arresting you and we'll figure it out later. You know, yeah. Like, that's an interesting way to do all that. I think that's kind of cool. Um, oh, I just had some. Oh, sorry. The, the one thing I did think was kind of an odd crutch to fall back on. I mean, obviously, for the purposes of this movie, it made some sense. But um, this is the second time that we've gone outside of the agency to recruit to recruit a master thief specifically, because that was the the Tandy Newton character in the second one. She's a master hmm. thief, right? Yeah, the master tool for a master thief, <laughs> <laughs> a clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so where were the, there was something with grace that i wanted to bring up again i can't remember what it was oh i there's two more characters i want to touch on first off uh mantis 
and Mantis. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. The um, the whole concept that like he that Ethan spared her so that the the bad guy now is like, well, I can't trust you anymore because at some point you're going to have that inkling of doubt, right? Because because he saved your life. And for um, it to play out exactly that way and her to be like, shit, it played out exactly that way. <laughs> and it was getting to the point where I was like, is this just uh, some sort of reanimated cyborg? Like, is he like, is this the entity? Like, <laughs> because it's like, it. I mean, he's being fed the results of these calculations in real time from his watch, it seems like, which is fine and yeah. a good enough explanation. Um, the character's motivations are a little bit, are still very skewed to me. They just kind of like, I don't know, like verbally vomit them at you without well, I, I showing you. I still don't understand, or uh, not understand, but maybe, maybe I don't remember. I might have understood it when I watched the movie, and I just I forgot at this point. Why, like the hit, the thing between him and Ethan? Did we get an explanation as to why? Why we know, we know what, but do we know why? I no, I we don't. Not that I, not that I know. Because the whole thing was right. Was like Ethan loved someone. He killed her to yeah. torture Ethan, and like he's been haunting his dreams ever since then. And he's yeah. back to fuck him over again. But we didn't ever get why, right? No, not, the, I, I don't. Think, I don't. I don't believe they explained. Okay, what the point was? Um, yeah. So that was that's been confusing. And I'm assuming that maybe we'll get a little bit more deeper into that in this. I mean, I mean, we must. Right? Like, I would hope so. If we don't, like that's like flabbergasting yeah um i will say i liked the the conversations that they all had around um you kind of have to you have to find out a way of being unexpected like because it's already calculated every possibility and then my my mind immediately jumped to everything everywhere all at once and i was like i see like what like they have to do something really bizarre and then yeah (laughs) exactly exactly my, my thought process with that was um, do you remember in Scott Pilgrim when um, when he when he's fighting um, Brandon Routh, who's the vegan with the the mental yeah. powers, and he's like, "You know, I can read your mind, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he, he's got the whole thing with the two coffees, and he stuck the cream into the one of them. Yeah. And his whole thing was, "Yeah, I thought really hard about putting that in that one, but I put it in this one." It, that explanation makes no sense. <laughs> And it's like it's the exact same situation as this, yeah. right? Like you just have to think really hard about like it's not about anything that we could have done. So we have to do the one thing it doesn't think we could do. And it's like, but no, you just said it thought of all the things, so you're just gonna be like, <laughs> what would I normally do because I'm Ethan Hunt? I'm um, not gonna do that. <laughs> but then would it think that I, <laughs> how can I possibly drink out of that glass? Yeah, and now it's become the Dread Pirate Roberts playing with Vizini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Inconceivable. Man. That's it's so funny, um, but yeah, when he ultimately like, oh, what is it? Is it Benji that explains it to him or Luther? Oh, Luther has that like heart to heart with Ethan, right? Like that you can't you can't kill him. Yes, right. Um, because like, and he explained, and the explanation was pretty great, right? Yeah. Like that. Oh, ultimately, we've got like he's using this guy as a pawn to take everything out that is of a threat to him until the final piece of the puzzle, the last thing that will be of a threat to him is the thing that knows about it. When I say him, I mean the entity and And then have something kill the entity and then we're good. Yeah. Uh, Or kill the entity's henchman and then we're good. Um, And like very believable when Ethan looks like he's cracking and he's going to be pushing the, the knife into his throat. 
but really just doing that so that he'll never notice that he took the key out of his pocket, which is a great, ultimate, really, sentence. really awesome way of doing that. And something that like I didn't, I didn't think of in the moment. And it, as soon as yeah. I realized that he was going to have the key, like that it was okay, and I was like, oh, like this totally makes sense, especially with all the sleight of hand, like nods, not nods, heavy handed sleight of hand <laughs> that they were doing throughout the movie. <laughs> they were well, doing which, like straight up magic hands which multiple goes, times. <laughs> which goes back to the original one when he does the whole joke with mm-hmm. the disc with John Renault, where he d- literally does the sleight of hand magic trick with the card, the disappearing card, and he pulls it out of her ear. And, yeah. You know, so it, it is a, a, that was actually a, despite how over the top and overt it was, is actually a subtle nod, a subtle nod to the, original one which we keep kind of coming back yep. to some of those motifs from the first one which is which is kind of cool um but uh, and also it was nice to see considering the isai morales character keeps winning over and over again he keeps like he says it sounds like he's being haughty and arrogant but it's because he's backed by the yep. foreknowledge of this ai or whatever to finally see him you know stopped in the, that and like that little bit like the like heat everything he says is gonna happen it's gonna happen one of them is gonna die and you're gonna have to choose one of them dies you know oh i'm gonna i'm gonna walk out of here with this thing he walks out of here with this thing you know like the, the every part of it happens all the way like the whole thing yeah they're gonna leave me a choice it's gonna be you and like you know and, and it's and it's her whatever like every part of it he gets right and then to see the finally like the one thing go wrong the most crucial thing and it's still it's not like that gives that delivers Ethan certain victory in that point, right? Things no. are still bad for him, but mm-hmm. to see finally one crack in the armor is where you finally can feel like there's a chance they can win somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's very powerful. Yeah, sure. I going back, we know you. We keep mentioning the first the first Mission Possible movie. There is something about this one that very much feels like it it ties together like the original style and the new style it, and then marries it in a really nice way where like it has just enough of the camp of the original one. And, but like also a little bit more higher end uh, as far as like the performances and espionage aspects and like the planning and things go like that really resemble the first one, but still in a much more modern execution for like, you know, fallout and all those. So like, it's, I feel like it's like, it's the first time that it's really pulling all of the styles together. Yeah. Um, did you feel that way at all? Like, cause I haven't, I didn't feel it. The last like three mission Impossible movies I felt were like very much their own thing. Yeah. Well, they kind of evolved in the same way that the fast and the furious franchise did mm-hmm. where it took something that was pretty grounded and became very sensational. Now I don't think they've totally lost their touch of reality in the series in the way that that series did, but um, yeah, no, like the modernization of the technology has like really set it to some heights that are, are kind of almost unfathomable, but you got to keep coming back to like, I mean, he's on a dirt bike and he jumps off a cliff and he, he like does a parachute. Like that's pretty analog. That could have happened 60 years ago. He could have done that. Right. Um, and like, even to harken back to the original, like, right. They, they have a fight on top of a train in a tunnel. Like it's, like, yeah. it, you know, they keep finding ways to nod to that, but not in a way that feels like kitschy and, mm. and cheap. So like, I appreciate those things. And, and I think that like that, the first movie had some, some darkness and melancholy. They wanted to explore a little bit, right. With, with some of the, the things going on, like some almost noir aspects to it. Mm. Um, 
but this one had some like legitimate like emotional beats. I mean, they never go like all in on it, but there's him and Rebecca for him and Ilsa like riding gondolas in Venice and to show how important that their relationship is and all that. And then it's legitimately emotional when she dies. And like, you shouldn't really care about any character in this like that, but it's like, I don't know. You do like that. She's been an important character. You don't think like all of these people have to some extent or other plot armor. No one important has died in the series. Like pretty much ever actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, you know, to see her to go down that way and to, to see the effect on him. I mean, I was having a conversation about this a bit, a little bit the other day with Mike. Hey Mike. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I, um, I probably didn't do a good enough version of it because it was via text, like of explaining what I actually meant in this. Cause he was asking this is me and him and, and Dominic were all talking about like different shows and stuff like that. And I said, like at this, like they were talking about, like we were talking a little bit about Ahsoka, which we didn't really talk about in consumption, but we can talk about that more down in the future where we'll be more like caught up with like the, the when, when I actually watch point. some of it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you hadn't started watching it. No, I haven't it seen any yet. Okay. I didn't watch today's obviously, but I watched the first two Um, talking about uh, like watching a show where they're talking about either things or characters that you don't have like a reason to care about them. And like, so do you care about the show or whatever? And I said, because we were talking about like, you know, this isn't any sort of spoiler. Obviously, like we know this going in the show is about Ahsoka and they're looking for Ezra. And like, so do you, if you haven't watched, Rebels in the Clone Wars, like, would you care about Ezra? And to me, I said, I, I've watched those shows, but for me, it's not even a, like about Ezra, really. If, if I've decided I'm going to watch a show, and the main character of the show is looking for or cares about a person, a place, a thing, whatever, I don't have to care about that person, place, or thing. Mm-hmm. But if I've decided to give my time to watch that show, I'm naturally going to empathize with the lead character. So if that thing person place whatever is important to the main character they're important to me by extension you know what i mean like i extend that that bit of of like empathy to that character like in this case like ezra like i care about ezra because i care about ahsoka's story right and if i didn't care about ahsoka's story i wouldn't be watching the show you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i might be on the unique side from that. I don't know. Like, it's not like it's a fictional character. I'm not going to weep for the pains or the trials and tribulations of Ahsoka or Ezra or whatever, but it's like, I, I, I don't know if other people watch things like that, but for me, like I have a finite amount of time that I can spend on these things. And so if I'm going to decide to give my time to it, I'm going to engage with it to the level of like, I'm going to care about it insofar as well. Yeah. Like you can care about something that's not real. If I didn't, if I can't get to that point of caring about that, then I won't watch the show anymore, you know? Right. And I, but I, same thing that's... with like Ilsa, like, yeah, like I shouldn't really care. It's not that sort of movie really, but like I do because like it's, she's become such an important character in this series. She's, you're telling and showing us how important she is to Ethan. So like you extend that empathy to that character and like it passes the test or it doesn't pass the test of, you either care about these movies and these characters or you don't, you know? Yeah. And so you like what matters to them matters to you. Yeah. I, I do. Well, I also think, I mean, um, I completely agree with you. We're also seasoned 
movie and TV watchers sure. at this point. And that is how I would approach it in general. I, honestly, even any story, book, movie, video game. Like, yeah, no, definitely. The, you're I just, we following were a character, show, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. the protagonist. I do think, like, it's cool that if you watched Rebels or Clone Wars, that you have this supplemental experience that, like, you can apply to this to, to backfill some additional yeah. story and context. But it shouldn't be necessary for you to feel, like, to get the whole experience, which and that I don't was, think that it was is. my point, which I yeah. I don't think I did a good enough job of explaining that the first time when I was talking to him it was like that's all right he'll it, listen it could, to this it could be yeah exactly <laughs> now we had this conversation like yesterday the day before and so he'll hear it like two weeks from now but that's fine he'll remember. but um, I will also I would also like highlight though that like if you find that you can't like that you don't care. Um, it's not necessarily on you like that could that like actors need to make you care and so does the writing and the directing it all has to come together well, that that's, that's, so that it, that's it my very point. well fall apart that's my <laughs> point is if i didn't care i would probably stop watching mm-hmm. but i do so i will care yeah like you know I, yeah. so i will continue to watch like it's it's like kind of a symbiotic relationship and like mm-hmm. I would I use that specific example, but I use that as to like to reveal like like kind of the catch all anything any yeah. other thing the thing I didn't have like you know I have the the history of watching Rebels pick a different show movie game book whatever I try to extend that grace if I'm going to give the time like I'm going to try to care about the motivations of the character otherwise if I don't care. Yeah, I'm not going to continue on. Well, it's it's a really interesting thing though, because with all these anthology like uh, stories and like all of these like extended extended universes, whether it be Star Wars or Marvel or something like that, like they've done uh, where where the easy audience because we have all the context, right? Like we already do care, so they have less work to do to get us there. Yeah, it it is it is still on them though to make the person that is only watching the Ashoka show get there. And that it's very, it is very much their responsibility as creators of the of the story to get it, you there. It is, but I also like think like, and this is obviously tangent to like Ahsoka, and obviously you haven't watched the first two episodes. I did the first episode in particular, but the first two episodes are pretty exposition heavy. Like I've seen some people, I haven't even seen a lot of complaints yet. They may be out there, I just haven't seen them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you like you can't follow this if you didn't watch the other show. I've seen a lot of people asking. Well, can you follow this if you haven't watched the shows? And so, to me, I went back and thought about it and was like, okay, if I hadn't watched this, would I be able to follow what's going on? It's been pretty exposition heavy. I think you can follow the gist of what's going on. If you've already decided, oh, I watched Mandalorian, I liked it, I want to find out what Ahsoka's story is all about. To me, and again, maybe I'm unique in this, if that was all level of engagement I had of it, I would probably... I would probably be like, okay, so why does Ahsoka care about all of this? Oh, because he sacrificed himself to save all of them and foment the rebellion and all that sort of stuff. Okay, that's a good motivation. I can understand why someone would care about that person. Uh-huh. I'm on board. I don't have to yeah. know all the, the nitty-gritty yeah. details. I think they've satisfied all of that. And sure. I think there is a there is a failing on the audience in some cases in those situations where don't get overwhelmed by, oh, I don't know what's going on. Well, what have they told you? What have they showed you so far? Mm. You don't need to have all the answers going in. Let them reveal the answers to you as you go. You know, they've mm. given you enough to start and then go on. And not, not to say every show 
does that because they don't always do that, but a lot of them do. And I think people get in their own head about that thing. Some that those sorts of things sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's very, um, I, I'm, I, we're, we're on the same page itself. We're just going to end up beating a dead horse at this point. But like one of the last thing that I would say about that is like you, it is also, if you're interested, you also have to watch it, right? You actually have to watch. Like that's the whole point of the medium. Like, are you paying attention? Are you there's, engaged? Are you on your phone? People. Are you getting up? What are you doing? And that's the thing. And, and I, I'm not in my, myself, I have fallen victim to that in the past, which is why when I am watching something that I want to watch, I mm-hmm. put my phone down because sure. It is a distraction. And don't get me wrong, I will get fidgety at times and like, oh, like, but I will pause the thing if I'm like, I like, I have the governor on myself because I've fallen in that trap in the past and like, oh, like, what happened? I had to rewind or whatever. The phone, the smartphone is a phenomenal inv- inv- invention. It, it does tremendous things for you, but it also is a crutch that does bad things to you too. It's, sure. It's, it's up to you to find out how to manage that relationship. It's not always easy, but it is yeah. eminently doable, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely doable. Um, and I would say, I actually, for me, the the smartphone is a perfect barometer for whether or not they're doing a good enough job. I yeah. don't, I don't touch my phone when I'm watching something like that, unless I've lost interest. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't just, I don't just think about doing something and do it like. They've like I, I've been trying to watch it, and I've I've been disconnected for some reason. I've poo pooed a lot of the talk about the addiction of it. I, in more recent times, I have relented some. There is something to that idea. I think it's a obsession that can be managed. It doesn't have to be an outright addiction, but I understand mm-hmm. how it, it is or can be to people. And that's sure. fine. Like I don't say that judgmentally. I get it. Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. The the world is literally at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. But that's not the fault of a person writing a television show or a movie or whatever. If you are in your own head about being on your phone, like yeah, there's no way to tell you a good story in a way that you can do while you're doing something else. No, like at the end of the day, it's just not possible. So if if you don't care about watching a show that is about a good story, that's fine. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. Just don't blame the show. Don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that. Um, for Weird sure. tangent. Sorry. Back no, I, I, I agree with you. I actually, there's so, there's been so many times where I've read a review of something and I'm like, you didn't watch it. Yeah. Because you're saying, you're saying things and making these like statements or claims or like you're theorizing about stuff that was actually plainly stated. Yeah. If you were just there, not even like really actively listening, but like yeah. just there, you- <laughs> some, some, some sort of present. Yeah. I, thankfully I've done a good enough job over the years of whittling down, like who I will really engage with for reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see these things or hear these things more as like, fan or viewer or enjoyer let's call it like conversation where it's like they'll be i'll see a complaint lodged and it's like okay you're making an argument based on something like you didn't understand what was happening there mm-hmm. or you're making an argument based on you weren't paying attention because the <laughs> thing that you're asking about was directly and in my opinion fairly like well explained situation within it or you're making an argument based on like a logical fallacy that like 
is not in good faith. Not that I'm saying that you're doing it actively maliciously. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's not in keeping with what's going on around you. Like you don't have a grasp on the situation and no one's perfect. Like everyone makes mistakes on those things, but to watch those sorts of things get stirred up into like these like angry rhetorics can frustrate me where it's like, no, if you actually engaged with the thing at the level it was trying to engage you at, you wouldn't have like 80% of the concerns you have. Right. Yeah. That drives that that, that drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, back to Mission Impossible. Yes. I uh what 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 else? Well, did we didn't really talk about the airport scene. That was a pretty cool oh, right. sequence. Uh and not just the airport scene, but another character that I really enjoyed and I don't remember if he was in it before, maybe he was and it's just like I said I haven't seen the other ones in a long time. This character Briggs no, this is the first one he's in. Okay, that it had that was so entertaining to me. Like he's so mad that he can't catch him. It was, kind and of it's a, so comical. It, <laughs> it's like wacky races. Maybe I'm misremembering it slightly, but isn't there kind of a like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern aspect to him and his partner's like relationship to this movie, where they're kind of on the fringe of all of the yes. <laughs> stuff and like. They're kind of in line with the plot, but not really. <laughs> right. I just like the like that one that one moment where they have like two minutes aside to to talk to the audience, and his partner's like, "But like, okay, but let's say this was the scenario, and he did this. Like, would that be that bad?" And he brings like, "Wait, whose side are you on?" <laughs> they they were like their banter was really fun. Like they yeah. just they constantly. They were constantly 10 steps behind. Yes. And it was so comical. But, like, they were trying so hard. It was very much Peter, stop doing what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And we've seen aspects of that before where there's, like, there's someone who's trying to be, like, who's, who's, what was the the Uncle Junior line from from The Sopranos? Like, some people are so far behind in life they think they're ahead. (laughs) Like, there was, like, an aspect to that with this. We've seen, like, audience insert characters like this before. Um, and they could be like, like both comedic relief and, and like a decent way to like, re- like release the pressure building up in the movie like this. Yeah. Um, they're just, just an I, annoying mosquito to Ethan though. Yeah. He's just um, like, would you just get away from me? I'm trying to do something. And they picked the perfect type of guy. Like Shay Wiggum is like the perfect ca- like person to play that character. Who's yeah. Like kind of like an everyman guy who's like trying to do his job well. And it's just like, it doesn't matter how good you are doing your job. You're just a guy. It's yeah. never going to work for you. It's, yeah. it's just not going to work for you. You're, You're crewman with- number six. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking I was thinking about it the other day, too. The, the, st- the stupid scene from um, Austin Powers' gold member when, mm-hmm. when you first see Michael Caine and he comes out and he disables all the guards. And there's the one guy who's shaking, holding yeah. the gun. He goes, you there. Uh, uh, you just lie down. <laughs> what, what, what's your name? Oh, you haven't even got a name tag. Oh, you've got no chance. What? <laughs> Why don't you just lay down before you get hurt? That's right. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. But yeah, the the airport sequence all in all was it was a blast. Like yeah. the the mechanics of the tools they were using, and then the disruption of those tools by the entity and uh, the cipher and the the nuke, the potential nuke, and not 
telling Ethan, but still trying to resolve the conver- like resolve the issue on the same conversational. Yeah, channel. having the two separate conversations it's like on so either side with him, him. It was yeah. great. <laughs> I loved and, it. And yet, also they keep ratcheting up the tensions as like Benji might about might be about to get nuked here. Like, yeah, I like, yeah, I like how he's like well, they're gonna get out of here. Well, actually, it doesn't seem like any of us are gonna get out of here. Why? <laughs> well, there's a nuke, and you didn't think to tell me about the nuke. <laughs> and also, like, watching his exasperation as he realizes, oh, God, all of the questions are answered by things that are deeply personal to me that I didn't think anyone could possibly know. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because it was, like, as comical and, like, entertaining as the the whole sequence is, it is also very, like, uncomfortable and eerie. Like, it... it it's a it's a like a full package of emotions. It's it's really well done. That uh, you are done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of the the stupid double entendre that only a computer could make that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was great. Um, what the I love <laughs> grabbing people's shoulders because they've been told by the computer that it's Ethan, but it's not Ethan. Like that whole thing. But that was really funny. I had like uh, Shay Wiggum is, is definitely over it, yeah. even by the second time, and his partner's got to step in and be like, "We're really sorry." <laughs> He's so bent out of shape, and I I want to know. Yeah, those are the two things I want to know more about. I want to know more about why he is so bent out of shape about Ethan, and what the hell Ethan and this um, henchman's deal is. Hey, what was his name? I don't even remember what that character's name was. Gabriel. Yes. Did I pull that one out? Okay. I also want to give a shout out to Vanessa Kirby for one particular reason. So the character uh, of the was it the White Widow? Yes. It's a, it's a ridiculous character, and it's yes. it's campy, and I love it. It's fine. Um, I also love the her like right hand. He's just like this putz. Like I don't I don't know why. <laughs> it's just it's her brother. I maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh. One of the I always, I always love these types of performances. Also, like they, I feel like they said it once in the middle of a pure exposition dump, and then they've talked around it a couple of times more mm-hmm. so in this movie. She's the daughter of Max from the first one. Yes, but it's like they've like both like said it out loud, but also play coy around it at the same time. Which yeah, is weird. yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's that 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 bit is a little bit strange. Um, but she's a really like just incredible part of her performance in this movie is, and and I mean, this should probably go for most of the mission impossible movies. Cause it happens at some point. Um, it's really stand out here though, because grace gets on the, on the train, mm-hmm. knocks her out and then puts her face on and then asks her. But obviously the way that the movie is filmed and the actors are concerned it's actually Vanessa Kirby, and she's playing Grace, playing her character, and like how, like I don't understand how you can pull that off so well that you transition into like you're playing this character, and now you're playing this other character that is in the movie playing your character, and you're able to make that so distinctly different to the audience member. I'm like that is really. Like, that's pure talent. Like, I don't know. Like, that's really good acting. <laughs> I always like when, yeah, it, it, it's not a it's not a super common phenomenon. But, yeah, when, when someone is playing someone who's playing I'm someone. I'm the dude playing another dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I always think of, 
like in the like the like the final Harry Potter movie when um when Helena Bonham Carter is playing Hermione playing Bellatrix. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly exactly it. And it's just like you they like I guess like how much like when when are you able to shoot that scene successfully? Because you need you need to have spent enough time with this other actor playing their part to play their part, playing your part. Like that's, I don't know. I've just blown away by it whenever it's done right. You got Vanessa Kirby playing Grace, playing the white widow, which is. Yeah. And and you can even go a level deeper because it's, it's Vanessa Kirby playing the white widow and playing, playing Haley Atwell's version of Grace playing the white widow. Like she's playing someone, someone, you know, which is like, but everything, right? Like, the way she holds her shoulders, her mannerisms, like her facial expressions. She transforms into this other character playing yeah. her character. It's so, so cool. It um, uh, it's, it's part of, it's kind of, uh, harkens back to what I was talking about with the crowded room. Uh, and more on that at some point in the future, if you ever get to watch it. But like, it's like that type of stuff really impresses me. Cause like acting is so much more than just delivering a line. And like, it really shows in a sequence like that. Where like you're you're embodying like all of these mannerisms of somebody else, um, and you get a you, you're really able to highlight it in that role because you're, they are very specifically supposed to be showing you that they're doing it, but also not making it seem wrong. Like I don't know, it's, it's so well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this of all of this jet setting series, somehow this is the most jet setting of all of them because <laughs> they chose not one but two Italian locations. They they filmed in Rome. Which actually, I don't think I saw. I saw some of where they shot some of that, but I didn't see the main thing where the police station was. I was looking out for that mm. road with that like tunnel or whatever. I did not see that actually. Um, yeah, but um, the the uh, there was actually somewhere else I think that I did see there. But like I said, I, I I may or may not have found the bridge where the two of them fought. I got to go into Castle Ducal. Which is was pretty cool to like see that in real. It was really cool going there like two weeks after seeing the movie um, to kind of take yeah. a look out to like some of these like locations or whatever. Um, there's a surreal aspect to it, but like obviously we, I mean, we saw like between. Not that this is like a glamorous thing, right? But there's the desert and there's the whole thing with them on the ship and the you know the in the ocean, wherever you have like always these like austere like sterile white like offices that that uh, are in like the, the halls of secret agent government spy shit in, in Washington or whatever. But then to see Rome and Venice and all of these like things, then they're in like the French countryside and they're on this, this train and like that whole sequence at the yep. end where leading to like Benji, like seeing the context for that scene from the trailer of him jumping off the cliff where this whole thing where Benji is, like comically leading him to, oh yeah, no, it's fine. It's a shortcut. It'll it'll totally take you there. <laughs> and he's like, all right, where do I go next? He's like, just off, just jump, <laughs> yeah, off, just, just, <laughs> off. <laughs> just go. Although I assumed that yeah. was going to lead to him using one of those like bodysuit things, like the ones where like with like the wings where they like zip. That's that what that's really what I cool. thought that he was. I thought that's what Luther explained that he had in the bag. I didn't understand what he was talking about, but I guess it was more that like, I was confused as well. Cause he, that he had, 
Yeah, because he's like, oh, I give you two options or whatever. So I assumed it was like one straight down parachute and one like bodysuit thing. And like a lot of times those are used in conjunction, right? Usually those mm-hmm. bodysuit things, you end with a parachute being pulled at the end because otherwise you're going to like crash at like 200 miles an hour right. into a surface or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was still cool what he ended up doing. Um, with the parachute and and having yeah. it to you know do some stunt maneuvers to 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 latch onto the train and all that like that was a really cool sequence, um and and all of the the drama there within where she's trying to like really the clock's about to run out and she's trying to get this deal done, um her negotiating is ridiculous, uh <laughs> again yep. being Vanessa Kirby playing Grace yep. playing White Widow doing a terrible negotiation. Um, trying to get the whole thing, you know, the way that Gabriel fucks up the train and now they have to deal with that whole situation. Um, and then the ridiculousness of them climbing back up those cars and each car they go into is a different nightmare, whether it be the kitchen one where everything's on fire or yeah. all the shit falling and trying to hit them and all that well, sort of stuff. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, what is this a cartoon? What's going to be in the next car? A piano? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that was good and, though and, and it was good I mean we talked about her a little bit before and to see her come back you know full circle in this movie and I was surprised I assumed she would die and then she didn't at the mm-hmm. end the Palm Clemente character um, could not be any less like the character she played in Guardians no. yeah. <laughs> so there is a bit of range there I mean this was a campy over the top performance I mean yeah. yes you could argue to an extent both of them are but um, to see the little bit of um the, of the personal with her at the end where she, you think she's going to die and it's like, why did she, she help there or whatever. And then, you know, the whole betrayal thing. And then to see, I, I'm very curious to see what her role will be in the next one, because you don't not kill her off unless you have a, specific a plan role in yeah. mind for her. I wonder, does, you know, does she take the place of that's now been vacated by Elsa no longer being. Yeah. Almost, almost certainly. Probably. Yeah. Um, well, this, this, I mean, the, Actually, I guess a bunch of vacancies because at that point, uh, Grace is no longer with the team. It's really just Ethan and Benji, right? And Luther is also a wall. Yeah, I'm so curious what Luther's up to. I won't be. I won't know for well over a year. I feel like. Yeah. Well, who knows what this strike will do? I I, I have not seen anything. I would assume that they've shot most of that movie, if not all of it. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to assume that it was basically done. But, but um. You know, who knows if this affects that release window or whatever. It is supposed to be next summer, though, right? I thought so. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, it was just overall, it was a really fun... It was just a fun trip to the movies. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I, it love, is, I love going to see a Mission Impossible movie. It's just it's just so entertaining. It is tough. I mean, obviously, I knew this was a two-part thing. It's the first time they've done that in this series. It is odd not getting like full closure, like good guys win, bad guys lose all that yeah. jazz. Um, that being said, I mean, I do think they told, even though this is a story that needs a companion, it's enough of a story on its own that it does stand alone as an okay, as a fine movie on its own. Yeah, I think so. It's, there is something um, I do like, I like, I like when movies have like a level of rewatchability. I feel like, I almost can't. I, I've been toying with this in my mind on like my rating systems, but like I feel like I can't going forward. I, I'd rather not give a movie a ten if it doesn't have high rewatchability because I do think one of my favorite things about movies is is watching them again and just yeah. enjoying them whenever I want. But like there are certain movies that like you can't watch again, or it only has the effect that it has the first time. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I like, I think Mission Impossible movies thus far have are very rewatchable movies, right? They're like, they're, you can throw one on, it's a contained story or whatnot. Being a two-parter definitely makes it harder. And the fact that the two parts are so long makes it even harder. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I, I can imagine like if I'm thinking like, oh, I'd like, I want, I really want to, I've got a free night. I'm going to throw on a Mission Impossible movie. This one is probably going to be one of the last ones I picked, even if it's one of the ones I enjoyed the most, because it's like, well, I don't have time to watch both of them, and I'm going to feel like it's not finished. I'll probably it's going to end up being a situation where I watch the second one more. It's probably like I, I end up watching like, I love. Uh, the last two Avengers movies, but like I watched the final one more often than the one before it because of the, like the, the non-conclusiveness of it. <laughs> it's funny. Cause like early on, like I saw that one and then like it was on TV some, and I saw infinity war a couple of times. And then now I've seen like, it, whether in parts or in whole, I've seen Endgame Like it feels like 20 times now, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen infinity war in like five years. <laughs> It feels yeah, like, it's kind of crazy. I, I probably really should sit down and watch that one again because it feels Da-da-da. like forever. I feel like I don't really remember the details of that movie. Like I remember yeah, the broad strokes of it, obviously, but mm-hmm. and it's good. It's a really good one too. Yeah. Like it's actually like it's it, it, it's it, intense. It works on its own to an extent in the same way this one does, but it really feels incomplete without. It's companion. Whereas Endgame, you could pretty much watch on its own. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we'll feel the same experience with this one as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll be curious for sure. But we'll always have that sequence. Uh, well, I mean, like the, the, it, the movie will be worth going back to specifically for the airport and the train sequences alone. Like they're so yeah. good. They're so well done. And even like we didn't really talk about it, but the chase scene in Rome is really cool too. It is. It's a little bit. It's not, I feel like it's not as good as those other two because those other two sequences, it's not just action, it's action and story bundled so well together. Yes. And like the stakes raise higher and higher. And it's not just the stakes of like, we can't die. Uh, it's like, we can't die and we have to get the key and this is important and all these things are happening. Wait, what's that over there? Why are these people on the train? Like, there's so many things going on like that make them stand out a little bit more than that. Fast that's that's definitely before. true, but I also think there was a comedic element to the whole thing with them being handcuffed, not being able to get into a position. When they switch positions in the car and they're both confused by it. And she just can't drive. She <laughs> can't drive. <laughs> Oh, that was ridiculous. To the point where, like, at the end, where she, she, like, she's, like, crashed how many times. She's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not driving anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really silly. That, um, I don't know, that was also, like, as fun and ridiculous as that was, it was, like, I don't know, Schumacher levels of ridiculous, though, with that truck that uh, Palm was driving. <laughs> like, uh. just, like, just barreling through things. Uh, but it, it was pretty cool that it was like a, what was it? One, two, three. It was like a four-way chase sequence. Like there was like four parties involved. It was like the cops. We're it was the them. armored car. It was the IMF. And and it was Ethan and Grace trying to get out of there. But it was yeah. pretty cool. It was fun. Cool. Any other closing thoughts on this one? No, I think we got most of it out. And I'm glad that as we were doing that, I, I remembered most of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was a moment I was thinking about it earlier today. So I was kind of like trying to marshal my thoughts for how I wanted to like set my notes up and all that. And I'm like, I mean, I remember the movie, but I feel like 
I need them to be like unlocked. Yeah, I I have found in uh, I, I had listened back to a couple episodes and I was thinking about like the structure of the show and I find that we are most successful in the movie talk if we just start from the beginning and start making our way through it and then jump around as needed, right? Like that's what we did. We we yeah. opened the movie and then it sparks things and you start moving around and then you come back and ultimately you catch everything because all you, luckily in this case you brought us back to both the airport sequence and the uh, and the yeah. car chase, but like. Um, I think like that's like the best way to get to get to all the the fun parts. For me, though, there's a specific aspect of I find like the real sweet spot for me is when we record like two or three days after I've watched a movie. Yeah, well, that's, if it's just a little time to simmer, but not enough time to forget. Because if it's the next day, I feel like I haven't really cemented. Yeah, everything. I'm with but you. if it's like a week or more after, I start to get hazy on the details if it's only if it's a movie i've only seen one time it's a movie i've rewatched. obviously i'm fine with it at that point but like i start to and this is obvious i saw this movie like five weeks ago so like you know sure. it's it's well, you uh, did pretty good for that then yeah <laughs> cool well that's all for this week's episode of flicks in the six we hope you enjoyed it as always if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss you can send those requests to flicks in the six at the spintune.com Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I have no idea what movie we're going to do next week. (laughs) Thanks for coming out.